Hey, it's Figgy Fig, and I got to tell you guys about Pittman Chiropractic and Wellness. I've been having some serious lower back and neck issues over the past few years, and finally, I decided to get it checked out with Dr. Pittman. After my first two appointments, my neck and back felt amazing. My body feels rejuvenated, and I actually walked out the office faster than when I walked in. And you can have that same feeling. Pittman Chiropractic and Wellness specializes in neck and back pain, muscle and joint pain, and so much more. Make your appointment today. 346-774-2887. That's 346-774-2887. Or you can check them out online at PCAWellness.com. That's PCAWellness.com. And tell them Figgy Fig sent you. So you qualify. Ladies and gentlemen of the GED class of 1999, I have one piece of advice for you. No matter what a stripper tells you, there's no sex, sex in, the in the champagne room. None. Oh, there's champagne in the champagne room, but you don't want champagne. You want sex. And there's no sex in the champagne room. Yeah, no sets in the champagne room. <laughs> Don't come go in with to some parties uh, with CB4s. Try our low cash at first. <laughs> sure, this one's a good one too. Inside, <laughs> but what about I all those playing outside with guns? <laughs> they know you ain't got one. If a woman tells you, it's she's funny how comedians always try to make a, re a record. <laughs> oh yeah, especially back then. Yeah. And looks twenty six. She's damn near 40. Take off that silly ass hat. <laughs> the ODB couldn't have possibly committed all those crimes. Julio did some of that. <laughs> Young black men, if you yeah. go to a movie theater and someone steps on your foot, let it slide. That's exactly what he did, man. Yep, yep, yep. If somebody walks up at the 94th Annual Academy Awards and slaps you, let it slide. Let it slide. <laughs> no matter what you think of what I'm saying, remember this one thing. There is no sex in the show. I wonder was he thinking about this song when it happened. <laughs> He's sitting there, no matter what uh, happens. I, I'm sure he's forgotten about this song at this point, man. <laughs> this song was like 25 years ago. <laughs> but it's funny how Chris Rock has been like on a bunch of hip hop classics, man. Honestly, yeah. He was on the ODB Nigga Please album. I like that album. I don't know if it's a classic. He was on Kanye West Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Man, has been a name in hip hop, man. He's done all around. Yeah. Yeah, man. Has a funny sign. Yeah, man. Shout out to Chris Rock, man. It's cr what's crazy is for the people that don't know, we did a, a special emergency podcast, a YouTube exclusive. As soon as the Chris Rock Twitch exclusive too. We yeah, got Twitch. Feedback on Twitch. Yeah, so. YouTube, yeah. Twitch, and, uh, courtesy of my Twitter, so you can find that on there at, at Gems Juice. Twitch, Gems and Juice, and on my Twitter at the Figgy Fig, uh, we did an immediate reaction to this uh, Chris Rock versus Will Smith, the slap, and I did not think we'd still be talking about it <laughs> heavy like this. So it's still going on, still hot in these streets. <laughs> I knew it was gonna be a, a big story for at least like the rest of the month. Honestly, it's, it's gonna die down eventually. But I mean, yeah. I knew, especially in the first week, as we started to hear more information, 
people were gonna start changing their opinions and we're gonna hear more hot takes. So that's how I knew it was gonna have legs. When I knew, okay, once the story start getting out and once people start pointing, to, starting to blame game, that's when shit's gonna get really interesting. And that's what's happening now. So yeah, I knew it had legs for at least a couple more weeks, but yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, last week. And like like Figgy said, man, make sure y'all check out. It was a really I had a good time doing that midnight damn near podcast. It was fun, man. I enjoyed, I wasn't even expecting it. And when you hit me up, you hit me up in the text like, "Hey, we gonna have to do an emergency pod tomorrow or something." I'm like, "Man, fuck it, let's do it right now." Yeah, <laughs> because everybody is talking about it right now. So I'm like, "Fuck it, let's let's do it right now." <laughs> we we couldn't wait till Friday. It was too big of a story. And we would have been past the initial shock of the slap. Yeah. So we had to get, we had to, so make sure y'all check that out. It's on Twitch, on YouTube, on uh Jim's and Juice Twitter page. Um, we broke down the footage like it was the JFK assassination. <laughs> yeah. There's a Pruder film. We broke it down frame by frame and really <laughs> analyzed what was going on and what we think happened. So Make sure y'all check it out. It was a really good podcast. I had some good feedback, too. You got the homies from Discord in there, too. So we had a good time, man. Yeah. So, yeah, wild week. Wild week. Um, just in general, not so much in music. It's been kind of lukewarm. We go on yeah. mid. But it's been a wild week in general. We got to talk about a lot that's going on, man. Uh no, no, Jay Prince job this time, but we'll get we're, yeah. we're, we're working on Jay Prince back, man. We gonna we actually gonna tap in for him when he starts his new award show. Maybe get some new drops, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> this is the Gems and Juice podcast. We are uh, back at it. Another great episode for y'all. Got my man, Attorney Sam. Our man, Attorney Sam, uh, came through. He's gonna hear that a little bit later. Broke down the Deshaun Watson case from his view. Also, you know, everything going on with the Travis Scott situation. So a lot of good stuff. Make sure you stay tuned in for that. Um, but first off, man, personal wellness check. Figgy, how you been, dog? Man, I've been pretty good, man. Speaking of wellness, man, I've been um I finally went to a chiropractor, man. So okay. I've been having some neck and back pain. And um, yeah, I decided to go, man. I hit up my dude, Dr. Pittman, for um, Pittman Chiropractic and Wellness. And um, yeah, he yeah it, it did a good job, man. I, I'm a, I'm gonna go to him like twice a week. So you know, trying to you know get back, get my body back right, <laughs> so I could feel more comfortable and not walk around in pain and all that stuff, man. I'm too <laughs> I'm too young to be walking around in pain. So yeah, I mean, yeah, especially I don't think the body was made to sit as much as we do, man. Yeah, that's one of the issues too, dog. Like we were not made to sit this long, so and that's one of the issues I've been having. Like not necessarily chiropractor, but I'm trying to get myself back into shape, man. Because I got a straight up office job where I just sit all day. And I'm trying to, I got to fight to get back in shape now. I used to not have to fight this hard, but I'm yeah. fighting now. So yeah, man, yeah. So yeah, shout out to uh, Pittman Chiropractic and Wellness. Um, make sure you hit them up, man. 346-774-2887. Or you could go to PCAWellness.com and let them know Figgy sent you. It's um good dude, man. Um, Dr. Pittman from uh originally from Louisiana. He's so he got that Louisiana accent. Super cool, man. I think he uh he actually played in the NFL briefly. <laughs> So, um, yeah, he's super cool, man. Tell him I sent you. 
um, get yourself together, man. Yeah, yeah, y'all make sure. You know, I think we have an older audience. A lot of people don't want to go to a doctor's or chiropractor's. They think I'm just going to stretch and work it out. Why are yeah. you wearing sunglasses? Don't worry about it 100% true. <laughs> okay, that's what they want to do. Okay. Yeah, I got a I'll black ask guy, why you man. ain't got no profile picture on your YouTube. <laughs> what, what, what you hiding, man? Huh? <laughs> I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just wearing these glasses. It, 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 sometimes the light be too damn bright. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not that asshole that just be walking around with sunglasses. But don't don't explain yourself, Fee. Don't explain <laughs> yourself. Okay, you do what you want to do, man. Let these people judge all they want. I, I I don't I don't respect nobody who hide behind a blank face YouTube, man. I'm sorry. Man. Shout out to you though. Hey, thanks for watching, but still, <laughs> I don't fuck with people judging us when you ain't got no picture for us to judge you. Okay, it's got to go back and forth. <laughs> But anyway, you said great response. um, (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate you, man. Uh, Yeah, appreciate you, man. Appreciate everybody watching. We live now on Twitch, uh, YouTube, Twitter. So, yeah, make sure if you ain't got nothing going on on a Friday night, uh, just kick it with us, man. You can ask us whatever you want. Chime in whatever topic you want to talk about. We'll talk about. So, yeah, make sure y'all check us out on the Twitch and YouTube and Twitter tip. And uh, yeah, just kick it with us sometime, man. Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. We back in action now, man. There you yeah, go. Friends. There we go. Yeah, yeah. We back in the building. Yeah, we have. We have. It, it ain't the same without the J Prince drop. I know. J Prince drop. <laughs> uh, so we usually start with new music, man. It's been a drought. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, um, one thing I did hear a little bit of, there was a new Freddie Gibbs and Rick Ross song. I kind of skimmed through and kind of just, I, I don't really care for it. I can already tell the beat was, yeah, I just was not yeah. feeling it. I, I did. I did hear that song. I did listen did you to like the, it. Uh, it wasn't a tip to me. It's not, that's not the type of song I look for with Freddie Gibbs, man. I think Freddie Bit Gibbs been on such a tear with the Alchemist beats and the, you know, the uh, Mad Libs and stuff like that. I I just wasn't expecting to hear that. <laughs> that sounded like some damn 20, 2012 Rick Ross type shit. Some shit that I would have heard in 09 or something. So I I really didn't care for it. I I I wouldn't sit there and say it was bad, but it seemed like it was an old song to me, man. <laughs> so I I just didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I used to be. It's weird how your perception of a person or an artist can affect how you hear their music. Because I used to be really excited when Freddie Gibbs dropped some new music. Now I, I hardly give a shit now, dog. And it's mainly just because how he's been carrying himself lately. This goofy <laughs> ass beef with academics and yeah. all the silly shit he's been involved in. Like the music is still all right. It's not bad. But yeah. um yeah, unless he I don't know, it's he, the, 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 unless he's working with Mad Lib again, I'm not too enthused about his new music. Yeah, the weird part now is he beefing with the dude from Griselda. So, yeah, I saw that. So that that's probably one of the strangest beefs I've I've seen, man, because it's like two older gentlemen who probably like around our age or older, and they pretty much doing the whole Twitter social media shit. It's like, damn, drop some damn diss songs or something, man. Like, y'all y'all been making some of the hardest music out. And y'all saying you're going back and forth on Twitter and all this other bullshit. 
So that that, that was strange, man. It's annoying, man. It, it it seems at this point that number one, I think Freddie Gibbs is just an alcoholic. He'd be drunk all the time and just jumping on Twitter and saying whatever. Yeah. And also, it kind of seems like he always wants to have some attention on himself for some controversy. Yeah. So he's always going at some rappers over Twitter and saying certain things and having all these hot takes. And so, yeah, it, it's it, he hates DJ Academics, but he's kind of like the rap version of DJ Academics in some ways. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how he he hates what he has become. Like, yeah. So yeah. Side yeah, note: Speaking of dude. yeah, speaking of Freddie Gibbs, man, this this dude is on um fucking power uh on the Tommy version of Power. No, no. And this dude was even funnier. This dude got a a crazy ass lazy eye. <laughs> then fucking to the point, I was like, wait, is that him? And I'm like, damn, do he got a lazy eye like that? But in the in the show, the character he played have a real bad lazy eye. So it's it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> so you know what's funny? They all whenever there's a rapper in a TV show, it seems like they go way out their way to make him not what he usually is. Like for example, Kendrick was a crackhead. Yeah, in power. That was so and weird, man. Because that was the only time he appeared in it, and he had that's the only time I seen him acting anything. Yeah, but see, but specifically that power of uh, series, that was the only time he was in it, and a lot of people was like, "Oh, maybe he was the one that planted the gun," and everybody's trying to piece shit together. But that was it. <laughs> it was just the crackhead talking shit, and and that was it. <laughs> Like it was nothing else to it, so that was, shit was strange, man. It's silly, man. It's it's like they're trying to prove themselves as an actor with range by doing these completely different. Like they got to look different, they got to talk different. Like nigga, just get on there and talk the way <laughs> you already an actor in your raps, okay? <laughs> so just get on. Like it, it, Tupac got on camera and played himself in every role he was in, pretty much. Yeah. Same thing with Ice T. People say, oh, Ice T is a cop. But Ice T always has the same demeanor yeah. in, in anything he's in. He was a cop, you know, in, super serious, deep voice nigga. Yeah, he was a cop in fucking '88 when uh, New Jack City came out. Yeah. So, like, if you could play a cop that good, you might as well play a cop for the rest of your life. <laughs> he was a hard edge cop. Yeah. Which I mean, you could cop. use for any. Thug type rapper, honestly. He was pretty so, much the same cop. So the same detective he is in Law and Order is the same one he was in fucking um, New Jack City. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, he got a little cleaner as the years went on, but when they brought him on Law and Order, he was like that edgy, crooked kind of cop. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's a hard edge cop from the streets who mm-hmm. knows the city. Yeah, and you know he he don't listen to his white superiors because he knows what's really going down <laughs> in the hood. So, yeah, man, people need to stop hating on. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Pe- rappers just need to stop trying to go way out their range and just yeah. stick to what you know. Okay, it's okay to play yourself in every role because that's what you're best at playing. Yeah. Um, but I digress, <laughs> man. There was some other new music that came out. Dreamville, um, your favorite label, right next to Death Row. <laughs> Dreamville. <laughs> Uh, with the most exciting rappers in in the game right now, uh, Dream J Cole's label Dreamville, uh, dropped a new pro- a DJ drama mixtape. 
yeah. which I guess has now become a thing again ever since Tyler the Creator made one. Yeah. Um, Figgy, you said you did listen to it. What is your take on it? Um, my take on it, I think we reviewed the last Dreamville project, um, the last time they dropped. And I want I want to go back to what I said because I feel like I'm about to say the same thing now. So um, I listened to this project, and um, it wasn't a bad project at all. My only issue with this project is I feel like half the people on this album, I don't even know who they are. <laughs> so it's kind of like, all right, like this sounds cool, but who is this guy? Like I, I don't know who this guy is. And I'm not sure if I should know who they are because, you know, we in tune with everything. We review music all the time. Hell, I, f- I feel like we review music we never even heard before, artists we never heard before, just to kind of, you know, stay fresh. But uh, it was a lot of people on here. I'm like, damn, who is this? And it was cool, but not really cool enough where I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't know who this is, but this is hard. It seemed like um, it, the, the production on there was cool, but it seemed like it was a little older, if that makes sense. It don't seem like it was kind of up to date. It seemed like some older J. Cole production, and um, which is which is not really a bad thing, but um, yeah, I, I'm not sure, man. Because look, I don't I don't think this project was terrible at all. But um, it seemed like to me what gave it what gave it away for me was DJ Drama. You know how DJ Drama is. If he gonna link with if he gonna link up with Fabulous and do a mixtape, he gonna be talking shit with Fab the whole time. Mm-hmm. He like, yeah, my nigga Fab. Yeah, we in Brooklyn right now. We, you know, it seemed like during this mixtape, it seemed like um, <laughs> DJ Drama couldn't really talk his shit because he didn't really know the motherfuckers that was. That was on the project. <laughs> like he mentioned Earth Game a, a couple a, a couple times. He mentioned J Cole and Ari Lennox and stuff like that. But it seemed like most of the time he was just kind of like, "Yeah, you know, we coming soon." <laughs> he, he was just like generic. He was super generic. <laughs> DJ drama soundbite. He was super generic to the point. I'm like, man, like maybe he shouldn't have been on this. <laughs> maybe it's, they just should have released it as a mixtape and call it a day. Because it, it seemed like he was kind of struggling because he didn't know. Just imagine if he decides to get on or decides to do a mixtape for me. He don't know me at all. So he probably going to be super generic. He probably going to say, my nigga Ficky Fick and keep it as that. So, uh, yeah, I was a little underwhelmed by um, his performance on there. But I was thinking maybe it was because he didn't really, you know, know him or vibe with him like that. It, it would have been different if it, was, if it was a J. Cole mixtape. If it was just strictly J. Cole, then that could have been a little different. But, um, yeah, man, I think I think that's what it was, man. But, like I said, I, I think the mixtape was okay. Um, maybe I need to do a better job of getting to know these gentlemen. <laughs> And maybe I can understand a little more, but it just seemed like it was a uh, album full of unsigned artists. Yeah, um, we got some Twitter, a, a Twitch commentary. Uh, man, Jay over here said 
goes fire. It's a cold world, and Cole put him on his back. And of course he did. I'm like, come on, Cole's the only known rapper in that group on his label. So, uh, oh yeah, Jay, we got a. Uh, if you're single, we have a lovely lady you might want to meet. You know, her name is Jasmine, and she's also a huge J Cole fan. I think she has similar reactions. Maybe y'all can talk about uh, J Cole's uh, bars and go to sleep. <laughs> on. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think I think if I was to make a change to this mixtape. I think, I guess one of the things I was a little disappointed, it should have been way more J. Cole on this. I think I think if J. Cole was m- more on this album, I think it could have been better. But I think he, I want to say he was only on like maybe three songs. He wasn't on here a lot. So he was on one, he was on um, two. I want to say he was on maybe three songs on this whole entire project. And, you know, as a as a guy who liked J. Cole, I want to hear some J. Cole. You know what I mean? When, you, when you're a fan of Kendrick and he put out that Black Panther album, soundtrack, you kind of heard Kendrick throughout it, even if he wasn't on the song. I didn't feel this way on here. So I think that was, if, if I could change anything, I, I would probably say Kendrick or um, J. Cole should have been on more of these songs. And I think that probably could have helped the album a little bit. But you only got like three, you got three verses pretty much from J. Cole throughout this whole album. And so I was, that I think that's the part that kind of messed it up a little bit. But do you think that was intentional? Maybe he wants to put the spotlight more on people on his label, more so than himself. Because look, if you have J. Cole, I guess that would be a better way to get everybody to listen to every song. Man, say he's married. My bad, man. I mean, <laughs> we all done stepped out and had entanglements. I'm just playing. But uh, <laughs> shout out to the wifey, man. Shout out to yeah, the marriage. Yeah, yeah. Shout, shout out to your wife, man. J- uh, Jasmine don't mess around with married folk either, supposedly. So um, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So do you think it was intentional? I kind of feel like if J. Cole was on more songs, people would have listened to more on the project and then heard these other rappers before you know if you're a j cole fan you're just gonna skip to the j cole songs first and then maybe or maybe not get around to the rest of it that so maybe he should have been on more just to help him out but maybe he was trying to give them more of a spotlight on this project yeah i think that's very possible but um i think they're I, i feel like they're not at a point where they could just carry a whole album like that or whole mixtape now, like the way he did it now is totally understandable. If you want, if you don't want the spotlight, if you want them t- to show their talent without you being in the way, like I totally get that. I res- and I actually respect that. He kind of stepped out the way just so they could get their shine on. But if you really want this <laughs> this thing to kind of pop a little bit, and you know, and I say you know, use his likeness and his well knownness. To, to their advantage just you know even if it's just a hook or something or you talking in the middle of it it's like you know that that help i think i feel like that helps a lot instead of you know just kind of letting them you know do their thing throughout the whole album and you appear on a couple songs i think uh maybe further on down the line when they start blowing up a little more then you know he can kind of take a step back but 
I still think it's a little early. I, uh, you know, and like I said, people like Earth Gang, Ari Lennox, uh, people like that, they, they are well-known. But I feel like they're not well-known enough to where they could just hold their own on a uh, project like this. And like I said, it was other people I'd never even heard of. I think I think J. Cole would have really did them a solid by appearing more on this album. And maybe, you know, maybe the next project, it could have, you know, he could have did, the, he could have stepped to the side and they could have shined a little more. Because we, we've been there at points, you know, we listen to all Dipset mixtapes and shit like that. Yeah. And we like, damn, who is this J.L. Ryder dude? Or, damn, who is that? And at that point, we kind of searched more for that other person because we heard heard them on Cameron's song. So um, I think if it would have been that type of effect, I think I think the album probably would have been better overall. And on top of that, it probably would have made me want to search for you know somebody else on here and say, "Damn, he actually all right. Let me let me see what else he got." Yeah, yeah. I, I did forget that Earth Gang was on Dreamville for a second, man. I guess they're pretty well known. Yeah. But um, I got to say, also, the cover to this mixtape annoyed me, too. Like, <laughs> you can like only do something. Movie. You can only do something this bad if it's, like, ironic. Yeah. Y'all remember that? Of course we do, man. That Piff is legendary, dog. Yeah, I still uh, got, got the Dat Piff app, man. I still go in there once in a while. <laughs> I, dog, they have some cla- mixtapes you can't find nowhere else. Yes. <laughs> and it's it's annoying because they make it hard to play and download some of this shit, so I got to be fighting with the whole app and the whole thing. But nah, that if that pit goes down, a whole era of hip-hop will go with it. Yeah. So they need to back up that and try to put it on streaming or something because nah, that pit still got a bunch of classics that have never been officially released. So mm-hmm. yeah, man. Um, but yeah, so would you say this Dreamville – what rating would you give it? Is it qualified or pig pen? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's qualified because it's um it have a it, it has some pretty good productions on there production on there and um, the rappers on there are I I can see the talent on there like it it is is good um some of them are outside the box but in a good way but. It's just it's it's hard, you know, as a person, you know. I and I love underground music. We have we have you know, the Gems of Juice are the spotlight where we you know reach out to unsigned artists or underground artists. But when you expecting, uh, you know, a J Cole type of you know project, and you get a lot of people that you have no idea who they are, you kind of get underwhelmed a little bit. You know, let's say you know, let's say Pusha T, uh, let's say Clips was coming out with an album, or they was doing some type of mixtape, and you get a couple clip songs on there, but you got a whole bunch of other guys that's on their label, and you have no idea who they are. You you kind of underwhelm a little bit. You like, damn, like these guys not bad, but you know, I'm trying to hear Clips right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I think I think. Um, I think it's good, but if you expect more J. Cole, I think you'll be a little disappointed because I, I know a lot of people that are strictly J. Cole fans oh, and yeah. they might not be Earth Game fans. So uh, if you expect more from this um, mixtape, um, you expect more J. Cole, then you might be disappointed in it. Yeah, yeah, seems like it. Oh, yeah, uh, the... 
the Kendrick mixtape with Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think that was overly dedicated. Yeah, that was about oh, what, yeah. 20 years ago. Oh, about 20 Damn, years ago. Damn, that's now, crazy, man. So, man. <laughs> not 20 years, 10 years ago, about 12 years ago now. So, yeah, yeah man. Time is flying. Uh, but yeah, man, I might check some of this out. I do. There's a Check West song. Is Check West on Dreamville too? I don't think. I thought he was with uh, Travis Scott. Uh, Travis Scott, yeah. Yeah, I was shocked to actually see. I was actually shocked to see him on this, but he was he was on the first song. I want to say. Yeah, I see. And that that was one of the best songs on there. It was it was a horror song. So okay, I might check that Barry from Simpson song too. Jid, Two Chains, and Young Nudie. Okay, I like Young Nudie. I might check some of this out, man. Some of this track list look pretty decent. I'll just skip all the J Cole songs. (laughs) <laughs> I'll do the reverse of what J. Cole fans do. I'll skip all the J. Cole songs. But uh, so, yeah, definitely check it out. Some new music, man. Like we said, it's been a drought. Um, I expected more music to drop, especially since, you know, we've been it's touring season coming up soon. And we've had two years of people falling back on their releases. I felt like people would come back with a vengeance. Y'all let me down, man. We need more music to consume. We're all yeah. about we're a consumer country. We need to consume, consume, consume. So push a T, drop your shit. Kendrick Lamar, drop your shit. I'm tired of waiting, man. It's been too long. We need some more content and more music to bump for the podcast. So yes. getting sick of it, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so with that being said, <laughs> I guess we'll get into some topics, some current events. Of course, the biggest current event going on right now. I'm sure all y'all are getting tired of the take hot takes, yeah. sizzling hot. Um, will and the memes are still funny. I got to say, I didn't think <laughs> memes would still be this funny a week later. The memes are still pretty funny. I'm a Champagne Poppy fan, and K Dot, hence my name. You call him Champagne Poppy, that means you a real Drake fan. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I ain't hating. I ain't hating. I ain't hating. Uh, like we said, y'all, y'all come down and chat with us, man, during the podcast. We'll definitely shout y'all out. Shout out to Jay in the chat. Shout out to 100% True trying to roast Figgy about his sunglasses, <laughs> man. We don't fuck with him. We don't, we, don't, we don't address that. Uh, but yeah, back to the slap. So uh, like we said, we did a whole little mini podcast about the slap. We're not going to talk about that, but we will update um, what has happened since our recording and a lot has happened. Um, so initially, I think when the shock wore off that this was not a joke, um, we started to hear a lot of people in Hollywood express their displeasure at the fact that not only did it happen, but Will Smith also went up and accepted the award and faced no consequences in the moment for it. You know, a, a, a lot of Hollywood turned on him. I'll say that much. Mm-hmm. Um, on social media, it's mixed. There yeah. have been a lot of people, men, let's say a lot of women, have defended Will Smith's actions. Um, a lot of men have kind of clowned him for not having the same energy for people who were smashing his wife and whatnot. Um, whatever you want to make of that. But it, it's been more mixed on social media. But Hollywood has basically... Every big name has come out and denounced Will Smith for what he did and said it's unacceptable. So the Academy, about a day later, made an official statement saying that, you know, they condemn what Will Smith did and they're going to begin some disciplinary actions. Um, Will Packer, who I didn't even know was a producer. Yeah, I didn't know. 
of the Oscars. I guess that's why I was super black because <laughs> they got the super black producer who produced Girls Trip yeah. and <laughs> they brought him in to boost up some ratings. Um, now, in the moment, he actually did tweet something like, well, I told y'all it wasn't going to be boring. <laughs> but that tweet upset a lot of people. So he had to adjust that tweet. And he basically <laughs> said, you know, this is how black people deal with pain by jokes sometimes. But I will say it was very painful for me. It was a painful moment for me. And that slap has overridden everything else that's happened at the Oscars now. A lot of people were awarded that nobody cares about at this point because all that matters on social media is the slap and the is basically i was talking to my friend about this too it's basically the perfect social media topic yeah. because it has every element in it that people like to complain about online yeah yeah you, you, you can pick you can pick either side man you could be on the side of the slap you could be on the opposite side of it then it's the race element to it it's all type of angles you got race you got gender you got marriage you got comedy, you got cancel culture, you got <laughs> violence, you have every ho- Hollywood entertainers in general. Yeah. Morals, yes. You got, every, you know, whether police should have did something, you got everything that people like to, all it needed was some kind of gay angle. Yeah. <laughs> or trans angle. Yeah. And it would have been a perfect cocktail. They're the only of, ones left out of it. <laughs> yes. It would have been a perfect cocktail of things people like to complain about. Mm-hmm. So that's why you've seen there's been so many takes. We can't even list half of them. We got entertainment. Well, yeah, we did get entertainment. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but um it has rocked the entire world. Sports, sport, the whole sports. We're in the middle of March Madness, by the way. <laughs> We're getting into the final four. And this is and probably one of the best final fours in a long time, man. Yes. And nobody's really talking about it, man. Just from the NFL it taking the over. the entire sports world. Everybody was talking about it. <laughs> the slap. You, you could not escape it. Yeah. Okay. People thought I was joking when I said this is as big as like the JFK assassination or 9-11. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a, you know, compares to those tragedies. Yeah. But the impact it had on the culture in the moment is up there. Yeah. You know, the entire world talked we, about this shit. Man. We at, so, you know, we we did our uh emergency podcast that Sunday night. So that Monday morning, we probably talked about Will Smith, anything Will Smith or Chris Rock. I would probably say 60% of the show, a sports talk radio show, 60%. That's a lot, man. That's a lot to talk about Will Smith and who was wrong and all all these different angles. That's a lot for a sports talk show, man. Nah, dog, Skip and Shannon, I I checked their YouTube page. Skip and Shannon got like 3 million hits on their page reacting to the, like, everybody, it was instant clicks or instant plays for anybody who addressed this, man. We even had some pretty good views on our YouTube video. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. like, er everything has been, you know, it's been an instant moneymaker, so it's perfect for the social media culture. But anyway, I digress. We're getting to the updates. So other things that have happened, um, the Academy did come out and say that they did ask Will Smith to leave. And that was kind of surprising because, you know, they asked him to leave, yet they gave him the award and let him talk. 
and accept yeah. this award. So it was kind of crazy. But they are trying to save face, I think, and saying that they tried to they asked him to leave, but he refused. Now, that's been kind of refuted. I believe people are saying that somebody asked his rep if he wanted to go. But it was never like a firm declaration, like leave or else. Yeah. So and Will Packer has gone on Good Morning America. He explained what happened, too. And he also um, basically, you know, talked about how I listened six to six, I think about. Yeah, about eight. eight yeah, it was a lot of slap talk. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of slap talk going on, on on national radio, period. And also in local radio in Houston. So, yeah, you could yeah. not if you wanted to not talk about it, you were shit out of luck. You might as well yeah. just unplug for the day. <laughs> And uh, do something. Watch else Netflix good. or something, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What was side note? I don't want to get way off track, but uh, I was so I was on the show. I was telling John, how, uh, John and Landry, how you know a lot of women currently are looking at Will Smith as the man mm-hmm. because he stood up for his wife, and they thought I was nuts. They thought I was crazy. I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, man. Like, no, <laughs> like a lot of women like that type of stuff. They they want to see a man stick up for for his woman. I mean, even though you, I, I mean, I don't agree with the way Will Smith did it, but women was praising that. They said that's how you you know stick up for your family, and he you know he ain't like something his woman said or his he said about his woman, his wife, and they thought I was crazy for that. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, I know y'all got a crusty timeline. <laughs> Oh, that's timeline. Yeah. But my timeline was full of, hey, man, black women was calling out black dudes for saying Will Smith was weak for that. <laughs> They're just like, oh, wow, I can't be with a man who think uh, Will Smith's backing another guy because he was talking about his wife. <laughs> I, I don't see how y'all do that. I'm like, man, that is crazy. <laughs> I will say... There has been a cultural divide in how this slap was received. Um, there are some people they couldn't believe, which is wild. If you get on Twitter, they're all yeah, they were forming forming at the mouth, man. Um, it, it seems to be a cultural divide between how certain groups have taken the slap. Okay, <laughs> I gotta say it, man. Some white folks act like it was the worst thing to ever have happened, <laughs> and some black people just don't see what the big deal was. Yeah, and I'm not saying all I'm not making a wide, you know, I'm saying everybody, of course, are people yeah. who are more level headed. But even Land, I heard Landry talking about it, how, you know, he, he really messed up because it's such a prestigious event. One of the biggest awards like, nigga, it's the fucking Oscars, man. Yeah. Nobody cares about and, this shit. Yeah. And then but, the other thing, a lot of people said, man, Will Smith, he took a hit. He he just took a hit on his brand, his career. I'm like, no, nah, he actually this actually helped. <laughs> If anything, in, 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 in a way, in because, a way, because he had a bad two years, man. <laughs> and so just him going up there smacking somebody for defending his, you know, you know, trying to defend his black wife, that kind of puts some, that kind of help you a little bit, man. <laughs> so you know, obviously he got to do other stuff to improve that, but right there, you know, in in the minds of you know certain black women, they're like, oh yeah, see, defending his defending his wife and that helped out a lot too even though i i felt like he was you know a little off uh for that yeah i will say it helped his public perception in a way for sure but it fucked up his career 
in the now because everyone whose decisions matter in his career is now anti Will Smith. Mm-hmm. And he even yeah. announced today, actually, just before we started recording, he put out a statement saying he resigned from the academy. Mm. So he's no longer a part. And he's saying, you know, he once again, he's done like two apologies now. He did one on Instagram and did one addressing the academy. He says he is resigning from the academy and he will accept any punishment they give him, Mm. which most people are expecting to at least not invite him for the next Oscars. So, yeah, uh, his career is taking a hit. Um, Hollywood seems to be very annoyed with him. Uh, Chris Rock is now selling out shows at a high rate because of this, even though he hasn't really officially addressed it either. Um, but yeah, it's been a whole lot of uh, debate and discourse about this. And we're going to see how, you know, they're, they're, I think they say they're going to take a couple weeks before they find figure out how they're going to discipline him. Yeah. But, um, and Jay brings up a point on Twitch. He says uh, it was probably just a time and place. It was. But that's kind of my problem with it, too, man, because they weren't just shocked that somebody slapped somebody. They were shocked that it happened at the Oscars. Wow. We can't yeah. like, wow, the the pretentious Oscars is supposed to be a sophisticated place. We're yeah. all dressed elegant. in tuxedos. Yeah. It's a very elegant. And it's like this is why nobody cares about the Oscars, because it's a it's an award show where Hollywood gets together and pats each other on the back mm-hmm. for really no reason. Yeah. And these people get on stage and make these grandiose speeches. And it's like, nigga, you make movies. Yeah. You, you, y'all, y'all aren't saving the world. Yes, you're entertaining us. And yes, movies have good messages and they can mean a lot to a lot of people. But at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, at least the ESPYs makes itself a joke. Yeah. And it's more lighthearted. The Oscars are so super serious for no reason half the time. And yeah. they just now realize that's a stupid way to go about. Now they're getting all these comedians to come in and roast people. Yeah. But now even that's not going to work no more yeah, because have to pull that a back. man just got slapped. Yeah. And uh, the crazy it's, it's funny because the, the Oscars kind of remind me of uh, tennis. How tennis is so uppity and elegant. Yes. And proper. And when somebody... When somebody throw their racket down, then it's like, oh my goodness! Like mm-hmm. they need to be banned for a year, or when Serena going off, oh she, you know, she just out of control. Oh my goodness! Like we can't have this here. And it's like, damn! At the end of the day, man, these people, this is what they live for, man. And they super passionate about winning, and you know, they right in the midst of a game, and. They just look, you know, when something like that happened, they just like, oh my God, we need to ban them. This is we cannot have anything like this. And I, I felt that's that's what the Oscars kind of remind me of a little bit. Like super elegant for no damn reason. No, a hundred percent, man. And that's why people got that's why people tuned out of it. And that's why they started bringing on com- comedians like Chris Rock and Ricky Gervais. And people just to mock the entire thing because it's silly to us, man. Like, we don't care who wins best picture. It don't (laughs) do nothing for like, we just like the movies we like. And half the movies people like are not even nominated. You know, Spider-Man No Way Home was like the highest grossing movie basically of all time. Was it it even a, was a Marvel movie ever, did a Marvel movie ever win? Because I'm sure it did for like, 
I felt like it was like a stigma of the way I guess these movie people look at Marvel movies or superhero movies because they the ones that's making all the money and sell and breaking records and stuff, but yet they never really win. Like they get nominated for things like best effects and best costume design, but they would never get um, like a best writing or best picture or best, best direction. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. They would never get anything like that. And they actually tried to put in like some fan favorite categories. Like I think they had a most cheer worthy moment and the moment went to uh, the new recut of the justice league movie with Jack Snyder, Zack Snyder. Um, and it's like, okay, but they were trying, trying to integrate that, but it's still, you could tell they don't respect that shit, man. Yeah. And they will never put like an actual comic book movie in the best picture or best director or best actor category because yeah. they don't respect them. Yeah. They, so. Yeah. It was actually a thing where they didn't really respect the streaming services. So like the yeah. Hulu's, the Netflix and stuff like that. So now they're at the point where they got to because all of these actors are going to them and they're, they have some of the best, you know, TV shows and movies over these other, you know, um, bit time platforms. Yep, and that's starting to change too. I believe the uh, movie that won Best Picture, Coda or whatever it was called, um, I think that was a direct streaming release too. Oh, so man. yeah, that, they're starting to now accept. I think that was Apple TV. Too. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, I mean this the industry has changed. Mm. Um, I gotta get to take on this though, man, because I keep hearing this. I keep hearing this from people I used to respect too, <laughs> people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and other goofy ass niggas who want to say this shit. Do you feel like this moment reflected badly on black people? Uh, I don't, man. I don't think so because I, I usually, you know how I feel. You, we've been in a place where uh, uh, some black people is acting a fool, and you get super embarrassed, and you don't even know the motherfucker. You like, damn, that moment on TV. We we seen moments on at the BT Hip Hop Awards and all that shit. Where he's just like, ugh, like you just cringing. It's like, man, this shit is kind of embarrassing a little bit for me. But um, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that way during this. I think it was just two black people. And to be honest, man, I'm not trying to call you know Will Smith or anybody out. But it seemed like Will Smith kind of been out of what we used to anyway, man. Because this wasn't like somebody who just got a chance to go to the Oscars. And they fucked up by doing something. It, it, this ain't like I'm trying to think of a um, like a good black actor that we. It, this wasn't like you know, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. This wasn't like Chadwick Boseman going up there acting a the fool. It's like damn man, we was like sitting there rooting for you, bro. <laughs> like you kind of feel us on some things. You, like you was Black Panther, so you kind of got a place in our hearts. And it it wasn't like that. So I, I just I just looked at it as two two rich black dudes, um, kind of going at it a little bit. So it didn't. I don't think it was embarrassing for black people at all, man. I agree, man. And I feel like this is mainly pressure black people put on themselves. I, I don't think any like look. There are racist white people out there. We know that, but I don't think white people at large were saying, "Well, see what happens when we get them any Oscars." Yeah, You know, that's all us and our insecurity 
thinking about how we look to other races and no other race has to deal with that. So it's really annoying to hear people say that, how every black person in the spotlight has to be a rep, a, a rep for all black people at all times. Yeah. You know, and, and especially somebody like Will Smith. Who's yeah. been like, look, he he ain't, I'm not going to say, look, he's a black man, but he is not like, I don't want to say black, black, but yeah, you see, know what yeah, I mean, you, man. Yeah, yeah, see, that's where I was trying to get at. Like, I don't want to disrespect anybody, even Chris Rock. I don't want to disrespect anybody, but Will Smith been kind of part of that, that white Hollywood circle for a long time, mm-hmm. man, for a very, very long time. So, you know, outside of Fresh Prince. I feel like I feel like Will Smith been long gone from you know our households like that because he he you know he was a major superstar. Kind of look at him as a pop star if we want to talk about music and you know some of the black artists that just go pop and they're not even on the level of a aren't regular R and B artist or or even making music for black people anymore. It's just strictly pop music for a whole big crowd. I kind of look at Will Smith like that. I don't think, you know, and, and it's no disrespect. He was just, you know, he was just out of here for real, for real. So um, I just think, to me, that didn't really have an effect on me because it's like, oh, you know, they ain't going to look, they ain't look at Will Smith and say, oh, he, we got to ban him. They, I mean, they might ban him. <laughs> I don't know. But mm-hmm. I, to me, like, I think we talked about this on Monday. I don't, I think it's no way in hell that he will get banned from the Oscars because I I thought, you know, he was making a whole he was making a shit ton of movies and he was likable. I don't know if that's the case now because you're hearing all type of shit, how people are upset about it. But if you know, if I had to put my money on it, I would think I would think these white folks and, you know, white Hollywood would look the other way. They just be like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And, you know, we didn't like that, but you apologize. You're still good with us, type thing. I don't think that would have been the case if it was like a um a a young black actor who was one of us, who kind of <laughs> been in the struggle with us, and you know, somebody we supported and just blew up and got got a good movie or something like that. I'm trying to think of somebody. Some young black actor that we the only one I can think of is like a chat with Bozeman. Uh that, that we really fuck with. <laughs> I I can't think of a uh if let's say let's say Who's the other guy the main character in Judas and the Black Messiah? What was his name again? Oh, Daniel Kalua. Nah, nah, oh, the other dude. Oh, uh he played on Atlanta. I forgot his name. Yeah. Man. I David in the chat, you got to help us out. I forgot his wait. No, it's Lakeith Stanfield. That's Lakeith right. Stanfield. Lakeith yeah. Stanfield. If Lakeith Stanfield got up there and slapped somebody, it, it, it might be looked at differently. Yeah. I guess. Look, but, to be honest, I'm a, and I'm a fan of his man. I, I think he do some good work. If if he did that, I would probably be like, no, like fuck, man, like we we, we just we trying to get in that hole, man. You up there, you you know, you doing your thing. You in the front row. And you pull some shit like this, then I'll be like, man, they ain't gonna <laughs> let us in there no more, man. I will, I will feel some type of way then. But Will Smith been long gone from that, man. <laughs> I think I feel like he been a household name for everybody, not just black folks. So um, that's the part that you know, that's the part that didn't really bother me. So I don't think black people took a loss <laughs> from this. 
And even yeah. e- even looking at Chris Rock, the way um the the way Chris Rock at afterwards, he didn't he didn't retaliate. You know, he was super professional. But you could tell that was a business decision because he hosted the Oscars back in 2016. And he knew if he would have retaliated or, you know, escalated even more, then he probably wouldn't be back. So he, I think he made a business decision. He took the high road so he can have that invite the next year. No, definitely, definitely. And plus, you know, he's not a fighter either. You know, like he's a very, very, I don't want to say frail, but he's a very skinny dude, short dude. So yeah. and he's never been prone to violence in any case we've seen in his entire 30 plus career, 30 plus year career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to even if he was in a street fight, I wouldn't expect him to just start scrapping on somebody. Um, but, yeah, man, that's such a one. That's just one take I'm getting tired of seeing, um, you know, the fact that Will Packer produced it. Like it sucks that this happened during his Oscars. The time he got a chance to produce. Exactly. Because instead of talking about the show, now he has to talk about this. But it's not like they're going to attribute this to him. Yeah. It's not like he's not going to get a chance to produce a, a big award show again because of this. Yeah. Because Will Smith this, fucked up. This, yeah. This is something this didn't have anything to do with Will Packer. Like nobody expected Will Smith to. You know, walk on stage and slap somebody. Out of all people, Will Smith. Like nobody <laughs> expected that. I didn't expect that. So uh, yeah, you can't blame this on him. You can't say, "Oh, see, this is why we can't have a lot of black people here." These these are two guys that you you know, Chris. Uh, I'm talking about Chris Rock and Will Smith. You, I would have never thought these two would get into something like this. Like I, like nobody could have guessed that. Because Will Smith was always a lovable guy. You know, he was always cool. He was always... Racially ambiguous, man. Yeah, he, to me... career. Yeah, and um, you could kind of compare him to how friendly he is with, you know, compare him to maybe, like, The Rock. That's just so lovable. Hey, yeah, you know, planning these movies and just being this lovable um, guy. And, yeah, you can't blame nobody for that, to, to see that coming. So I would, I yeah. You can't sit there and say, man. See, that's why we don't keep black people. That's why mm-hmm. we don't get black people nothing. Like you can't, say, uh, you can't say that. Yeah, it's just an annoying thing, and especially from the black elders in the community. Uh, David said it would be like Common swinging on somebody. I would believe Common would swing on somebody before Will Smith, like way before Will Smith, honestly, because Common from Chicago, man. Like he been in the game. He was trying to fight Drake at one point, probably. Over Serena. I forgot about so, that. <laughs> yeah, they had beef over that bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, I, it would be funny seeing Common swing on somebody in a funny hat. I'll say that much. But yeah, I, I would expect I, I would expect Common to swing on somebody in public before Will Smith. Basically anybody before. Common and Ice Cube, oh yeah, that's right. Um, he did go after one of the hardest gangster rappers at the yeah. time in Ice Cube. So and he, yeah, and, he ain't a fair to smoke. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I got to address this, too, because I know in the uh, in our initial reaction, I, I did say I thought it was staged. I got to take that back, man. I don't think it was staged anymore. Mm. I feel like they hit that will is taken. If it was staged, they had to come out immediately afterwards and say, hey, we're just fucking around. Yeah, because now his career is fucked up. 
mm-hmm. least for the short term. Yeah. So this is if it was staged, they need to come out and say this wasn't no serious shit. Please calm down. But since that did not happen, and I've look, I have an open mind. I have a conspiratorial mind. I looked at the evidence they were presenting because there's still a bunch of people who think it was staged. Yeah. And their evidence just don't make a whole lot of sense, man. Yeah. Like, you know, it, 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 it's things that can easily be explained with logic. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, Dave, we mentioned that he did resign from the academy. So, yeah, his career is fucked, man. He's at least going to be suspended for the next Oscars. So, yeah. I mean, who knows when he's going to work again? I don't yeah. know what projects he had lined up, but I'm sure those are going to be postponed. Yeah. So, do, do you like think, his career is taking a hit? Do you think that's kind of fair for them to uh, do that? Because we we talked about it earlier. The, it's the Oscars, man. Like, why is why is this such a big deal like this? Where he got to go through a suspension. He got to, you know, he, uh, people don't want to work with him now unless he was like this on set or something like this, which I I kind of don't uh, uh, can't believe right now. But like I I don't understand why this man got to take a hit on movies, <laughs> be banned from the Oscars for a year and all this other bullshit. I'm I'm like look I I would get it if he was up there scrap scrapping and they was rolling around on the stage or some type of shit, and they had to like carry his ass out. But it was you know it was an uncomfortable slap and he said some bad words that you know got. You know, I, I guess that they get through in the U.S. on TV, but mm-hmm. like he he apologized twice, so I I just don't I just don't understand why is this so you know I, I wonder why is why is this got to cause cause him his career at this point? <laughs> I have several answers for that. Possibly, I think number one. I feel like, and David chimes in too. He says, it's almost like if your principal at school invites you to dinner and you wild it out. There's always a ripple effect. Yeah, kind of. You know, yeah. he was supposed to, like we said, it's a sophisticated, elegant event, supposedly. You know, yeah. this, this kind of barbarism is not supposed to happen at the Oscars. But I think there's a couple of reasons. I think, number one, there is nobody people in Hollywood and actors and actresses love more than themselves. Okay, they love talking about themselves. They love the attention they get for their dresses they wear to these award shows. They love, and you saw how Zoe Kravitz took it, you know, Mm. when she was posting her pictures. She was like, here's my dress I wore at the award show where apparently it's okay to assault people. So they tried her ass too. (laughs) Yes, and everybody who won did not get any press really, because nobody cared about anything but the slap. So not only did he sully the hollow grounds of the Academy Awards, but he also took all the attention away from them and put it on himself and Chris Rock. So that's what they're really mad about. I think that's one answer. And I think number two, I feel like Hollywood never really fuck with Will like that. Mm. Because you got to remember where he came from. He was not a classically trained actor. He was not come from Juilliard or anything like that. He did not come from some he, fancy school he was to a, act. He was a star of the rappers getting into Hollywood. Pretty he much. was a rapper who started on a sitcom. And he just won Best Actor at the, the highest honor you can get 
as an actor in Hollywood is best actor. Mm-hmm. And he just got that. And he acted like that at the awards show. So I low key feel like they already didn't like the fact that he was getting the award because he's not of their clock. And then for him to act like that was just the excuse they needed. Yeah. To say, fuck Will it's, Smith. Yeah. It's kind of like if your boss don't really care for you at all at work and you do one thing, you come in eight minutes late and you're supposed to be there, you know, uh, seven minutes you would have been on time, but eight mm-hmm. late. And then they like, see, you know what? We got to suspend you for this. And it's like, damn, like just for this, <laughs> this little shit. And it's like, all right, you know what? We got to let you go. And they, you know, yeah. they just go crazy over it. Looking for a reason, man. And he gave them one on a silver platter, Damn. you know, and I already because I just remembered this, too. I feel like the only reason Will even won this award and why this whole award show was so black to begin with and black produced is because people were really upset what happened with Chadwick Boseman last year, how he was nominated for best actor Everybody thought he was going to win. They brought his family out there. They made him an NFT and put it in the people nominees mail gift bag or whatever. They had a whole show dedicated to Chadwick Boseman. And then he didn't win the award. It went to Anthony Hopkins, who wasn't even there. He was asleep at the time in his bed. <laughs> and Anthony Hopkins won best actor over Chadwick Boseman. People were upset about that, man. Mm. So I felt like this was them trying to, make good and say hey we're gonna get it right this time we gave will smith the 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 best actor you know so they did all this and then look what he did so yeah yeah man uh <laughs> a lot of angles to attack this from and uh oh yeah i gotta say too one more last note i had because i did go back i'm surprised it didn't take it off of hulu because hulu got the whole show up and mm-hmm. it, the clip is still there. The whole thing is still there. It's, it's oh, censored, yeah. of course, but it's still yeah. there. Um, I watched how awkward the show was after that. And I also saw Will Smith's acceptance speech. And like, I already thought Will Smith was in the wrong. But dog, that acceptance speech just came off as terrible to me. Mm. Like, this dude really is in another world to me. What was he talking about? Yeah. I, I I see myself as a protector and I protect I protected the women on set and I protected the women who played Venus and Serena and I protected our, our and I I'm just a vessel and God has called me on a mission. I'm just doing what God like he sounds like a cult leader, dog. Yeah. He's not he's not insane. Yeah, and I I, I kind of didn't like how he was bringing in um uh Richard Williams. Into yeah, it like, to ex- basically you to absorb yeah, what he did. Yeah, I I ain't really like that because uh, I th- I want to say Richard Williams responded, uh, or I think he might have made a comment. So I don't know, but Richard Williams Richard Williams wouldn't have walked on stage like that and slapped somebody, <laughs> and he did a lot for Serena and Venus. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have did that shit. <laughs> so I just like I said earlier, man, I I hate that term. I hate that term, um, you know, I was protecting my family. You know, i do anything to protect my family. Look, man, going out looking for trouble ain't protecting your family. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if, you know, Chris Rock got in your face or something and you got to, or got in your woman's face and you got to, you know, protect your family. But you walked all the way up on the stage 
and slap somebody. That's not, to, I'm sorry, that's not protecting your family to me. Protecting your family is making sure everyone is not hurt or, you know, in um no you know they're not in harm's way and somebody coming for them you defend your family type thing i just don't see look look don't nobody like mean things said about each other anyway but if you if you're gonna slap everybody who say anything about you man you're gonna be slapping people all day long <laughs> so to me i just hate that i'm protecting my family excuse like no that's you know he said a joke you went all the way on stage to slap slap the man. That's like how is that protecting your family? Yeah, it was silly, man. And like I really looked at Will and his actions. Chris Rock didn't even have a gun. Yeah, he didn't even have a crack <laughs> pipe, man. He was defenseless. <laughs> he had nothing to defend himself. But looking, I was looking at William of uh, William Will Smith's uh, and how he was acting after during and after that moment. And low key, man, I feel like he's having some kind of breakdown yeah. because if you look at it, okay, first he's laughing at the joke, then he slaps Chris Rock and he's telling him keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth while he's like crying, like his lip is quivering and he's about to cry. It looks like, you know, he looks very emotional. And then Questlove wins the award. Then he's dapping up Questlove, giving him love, and it seems like he's all good. And then we see him in the leaked video talking to, you know, Denzel Washington and Tyler Perry and crying, yeah, wiping his eyes. And then we see him accept the award and he's like uncontrollably crying. And then we see him a couple hours later at the after party and he's basically doing an impromptu concert singing get jiggy with it in summertime <laughs> i don't know if you saw that clip no nah, i did but yeah he was at the after party and like playing all his hits and rapping along to it yeah. and nobody even knew the words around him it was funny yeah. but yeah he was partying and rapping all his hits so that's like that's some very drastic emotions to go through yeah in like an hour period mm -hmm. so i think he might just be having some kind of episode or breakdown yeah. just what he's been going through over the past year plus you know the roles he's been taking on and the family stuff like it's maybe it's been too much and yeah. maybe he just finally had a breaking point yeah I I, yeah i think i said that on monday too I, I it's he went through a lot man i know we can sit here and say oh he rich you know what he got to worry about but this dude been humiliated <laughs> publicly <laughs> Been a joker. Everybody <laughs> been a joker. Oh shit! And um, that was in 2020. And and then not to mention all the random ass Jada Pickett comments about Tupac and all this other bullshit. And this dude, you know, this dude got to go on the red table talk to mm -hmm. you know kind of hash everything out because this dude's clearly embarrassed. And now you got to address it. And it, it, look, man, it's a lot, man. So I, I, when that happened, I was like, "Damn, is he all right mentally?" <laughs> That's the first yeah. thing I thought. And I ain't the mental mental health guy at all, but that was the first thing I thought about, man. Because I'm like, man, this is not like Will Smith. He's not like a wild ass dude that just sit there and do shit like that. So the first thing I thought, I'm like, damn, maybe this is a breakdown because he did go through a lot the past two years. 
And um, yeah, man, I just, yeah, I just hope I hope he I hope he just don't you know brush it to the side and just keep going, keep working and stuff. I hope he actually get himself together. I, I, I'm wondering if their marriage is even good. Is he, you know, maybe he's not even happy in the in the damn marriage, and he just sticking around for business purposes, or you know, I'm not sure. But yeah, man, I I, I hope he's good mentally, man. Yeah, I think that marriage been dead for a while, man. You, they even said it in that joke they had, like bad marriage for life, and they laughed like it was funny. Like, I didn't <laughs> yeah. think that shit was that funny. I mean, you admitted your shit sucks. Yeah. But I got to ask you that too, man. What do you think about Jada Pinkett's first and so far only response to everything that's happened? She posted on Instagram and she said, uh, this is a season of healing and I'm here for it. What, what do you think, think about that? Do you I think, think that J- was sufficient? Do you think, think she should defend his her husband? Man, I think Jada Pickett is, is probably the most toxic person <laughs> around right now, man. <laughs> it's like everything she do is just kind of bad energy, man. Like nothing. Like like let's go through everything she's <laughs> did, man. Like she brought in August Alcina, and that situation happened whatever you know people make mistakes people go through things whatever now she just ran she randomly bringing up tupac and how that was the love of her life and you you know all this other stuff like why is you bringing that up and then you know the oscar stuff you could tell you know will smith was cool for uh, what we could see he was laughing and all that shit she wasn't laughing i don't know if he i don't know she looked at him and said hey you you know, Tupac wouldn't have did. Tupac wouldn't be sitting here laughing, and made him go up there or something. I don't know, but it seemed like it, it, it don't seem like it's Will Smith, man. It'd be one thing if Will Smith was out here messing around all day long, being messy, getting caught, and all this other stuff. But it seemed like everything just go right back to her. <laughs> so I, I don't know. She might be. She might be really toxic, man. <laughs> like I Twitter will say, Twitter will say you're shaming black women, Figgy. Okay, you're not I know, protecting man. black women. I know. You're attacking black women. It's always a black man's fault. Okay, remember that. Yeah, uh, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> David brings up a good point, man. It's wild that he came. At, he he spent these last few years trying to change his image on TikTok and Instagram, and all that for nothing. I'll say even further since he came out. You know, after being a rapper, he he left that whole street image. He's been, I don't want to say tap dancing, but you, you got to remember, man, this man has never spoken out on any racial issue ever. Yeah. You don't know, even he's been the safest. He has been the definition of safe Negro, didn't cuss in his raps. And, and, and he has been as safe as he could be for 30 something years now, man. Mm-hmm. And they still, at the end of the day, treated him like a nigga. <laughs> said, yep. said Hollywood said, you out of here, you piece of shit. You banned mm. and yeah, so all that. What was that for, man? What was yeah. it worth it? To yeah. Will, I don't know. Yeah, what do you think Will Smith need to do going forward? Should he just try to try to win his way back into Hollywood arms, or should he just you know? I I want to say pull a Kaepernick and just you know roll with the hot hand and just be on the side of you know the black people type thing. But should he just go to the? Should he just chill at the cookout at this point and just 
focus on pleasing the black people <laughs> because they I, I, because they cool the black people kind of cool with them right they release the black women are mm-hmm. kind of like yeah yeah so should you just stay on that side of the table <laughs> i would like to see him go like on a post colorado kobe type of run man <laughs> where he just stopped giving the fuck what anybody thought and just said what was really on his mind Mm-hmm. Um, I know that would never happen. I don't think that's really in him, yeah. but I would like to see that because you got to remember, black people didn't really fuck with Kobe like that until the Colorado case. You know, <laughs> yes. as sad as that is, that that's kind of the truth, man. Yeah. So he's got the attention like of, you know, black community who thought he was a cornball for a minute. Like, like they, they said that was some wild shit, but I understand. That's been yeah. a sentiment. Like, there's some wild shit, but we understand. Yeah. I feel like he should just ride that energy from now on and maybe finally get that divorce. Your kids are grown now, man. You ain't yeah. got to keep up this sham marriage with Jada Pinkett. Go ahead and cut it off and, and start your life at another stage at this point. Stop looking so weak all the time. Stop crying all the time. Stop admitting all these embarrassing things in your book. Like, we get it. You want to be vulnerable. But look, man, it's they ain't never gonna love you like that no more, Will. Yeah, like that's the truth. It's Why over you don't now. Love me, so. man? Why you don't love me, man? <laughs> Why you don't want me, man? Why you don't want me, Why don't man? Hollywood want me? <laughs> look, I would like to see him just say fuck it. Yeah, you know, and say if, if y'all gonna kill me over this anyway, then you know I'm just gonna be myself from yeah. now on. I, I I will say this though, man. Um, he might if he did go that route he probably won't be the fa- he probably won't be in hollywood like that again because you know you know it's a secret club type shit yeah but i mean but he he can't look he got his he, oscar yeah and, what and, else could he want at this yeah, point yeah no i was going to say he i think he could still do he it's still some people that he could do movies with i'm sure look Tyler man, Perry look i, I was going <laughs> look no for real man he got a relationship with Tyler, Tyler Perry. Yeah. He, you know, I'm sure fucking uh, Fifty Cent will bring him on the Power Universe. Put him on Power, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, if if Will Smith could hear you now, he would probably slit his wrists. I know. <laughs> like, this is my future. I could got to do Tyler Perry movies and Fifty Cent TV shows. Yeah. But no, I agree, man. He should yeah. do some shit like that. Yeah, I think. And and to be honest, if he do. <laughs> Look, man, like, I know we might not be, like, you know, too happy about it, but he, I think he, I think he'll win the black people over, man. <laughs> I think black people will be like, oh, yeah, look at 50 Cent giving Will Smith a chance. Yeah, let's support that. Because we know how black people are. They, you know, you can't even criticize the movie or the show. It's, you, you know, you got to be like, hey, this is, you know, black excellence. He's, he put all these black people in place to win. So you, you can't criticize the show, so I think he, I think he, I think he can win off of that. <laughs> they, they doing the same thing right now with Monique, and we all know what, what Monique went through, and Fifty Cent. I think he made a post saying, "Hey, you know, I, uh, I'm about to put Monique on, pretty much." But he was kind of mm-hmm. vague at it, so we don't know what that mean. But a lot of people was on board with that. They like, oh yeah, maybe she gonna be on power. Maybe she gonna be part of this, part of that. So I think that'd be a, I think that'd be a good look if you know if he get kicked out of Hollywood. 
I mean, that might be the only look. David said, I don't want him to turn into Terrence Howard. Yeah, man, I agree. Yeah. Terrence Howard went all the way left, though. He went yeah. too far down the nigga hole and, went <laughs> and came out a completely different person. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. I feel I would just like him to be more real, you know, and just stop trying to be so politically correct all the time. Stop trying to be so inoffensive. Like, look, it's over now, man. You showed your ass on national TV and... They're trying to get you out of here for that. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. fuck it, man. Make another rap album. Start cussing this time. You yeah. know? <laughs> we know you say fuck. <laughs> yeah. We heard you. Like, fuck it. The image is shattered at this point, man. Fuck it. He got to make a album with Gunna. And, <laughs> and he, he needs to say fuck it. He needs to start rapping again. Like, at this point, man, what has he got to lose? I'm sure he he can retire today and be straight. Yeah, one hundred percent. So he he got his Oscar. He don't need to really be in no big movies no more. Yeah. So he can do schlock and and be okay. Yeah. So I like, agree. Yeah. Just, just be yourself, man. Yeah. Just be this arrogant asshole, man. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> At this point, what has he got to lose now, man? Just start living your life, and hopefully, I don't know. Th- yeah. I, I feel for everybody involved, man. Like it's fucked up what happened to Chris. Especially reading back and knowing that Chris dealt with bu- bullying really bad and oh, made a damn. TV show about it. Pretty but much, yeah, yeah. He, he dealt with really bad bullying back in his childhood. So I'm sure like that brought up some, you know, some fucked up memories of that type of shit too. So yeah. I don't know, man. It's bad for everybody involved, but I'll yeah. be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just I'm curious what Will what side Will Smith gonna take at this point. Is he gonna ride with the black folks? He gonna roll with the hot hand? Or I wish or I just don't see it happening. Yeah. <laughs> he gonna he gonna try to beg his way back into Hollywood, man. Yes, it's, yes. I mean, he definitely will, man. Yeah. He, he's gonna he's gonna do who is the current Oprah now? Mm. He, not Charlemagne. He can't do Charlemagne. It's too black. Yeah. He's gotta do who is the current Oprah that he needs to sit down with and do an interview with. Maybe oh. Oprah. Fuck it. Oprah yeah, is still around. I think, yeah. He should sit down with Oprah. Yeah, the relationship. Or Gail King, Oprah? maybe. Maybe yeah. Gail King. It'd probably be Oprah or, or Gail. He's going to sit down with them and he's going to pour his heart out about what he's been going through and cry and beg for forgiveness. And he's going to look sad to us, but maybe he'll look legitimate to Hollywood and they'll bring him back in the fold. I don't know, but yeah. it's wishful thinking of what I wish he would do, but I know he won't. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I said earlier, I, I, I'm not trying to disrespect the man at all, but we never really looked at Will Smith like that in a long time, man. We love Fresh Prince, but yeah, we love bad boys. We love bad boys. We that's really about it. Yeah. We never looked at Will Smith. Like, I guess, but you know, what was weird, man. There was a lot of black people I knew who were like still excited for Will Smith movies and still thought he was like, oh, Will Smith got a new movie coming out. It's called Gemini, man. I'm like, nigga, this movie looks terrible. Like, it's Will Smith, though. Like, there, there was some, yeah. I knew some, still some hardcore Will Smith fans that were black. Yeah. I couldn't explain it. I think they just like seeing a black person at the top in Hollywood. His movies were bad, man. I, I was never, you know what? This this might be a hot take, but I was never a big fan of Will Smith movies, man. I I wasn't that crazy because you know Denzel, like oh shit, like he yeah, playing you gotta this. see a Denzel movie when it yeah, comes out. Yeah, Denzel. I was I I even say Forrest Whitaker. You might be like oh shit, okay, like he oh he playing this. 
or he playing, you know, it's kind of it, you kind of raise the eyebrow a little bit. I was never like that with Will Smith. <laughs> I was never like, oh shit, Will Smith playing in this. Like, oh shit, like I I was never I never wanted to see that movie Gemini. It, it was some other movies that came out. I really wasn't a fan. I didn't even like the um the uh Suicide Squad like that. I felt like he didn't yeah. even have to be in that. <laughs> and clearly people were more of a fan of the, the 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 chick. I forgot her name, but yeah, he wasn't even the star of that movie to me. Oh, you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. The one he was also with in um the Harley- that other movie Focus. Um, yeah, I know you're talking yeah. about. I know that girl's name. Yeah, but, but there was yeah, there was he wasn't even the star of that show. Margot Robbie, that's right, Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I got to talk about that. What David just said in the Twitch <laughs> chat right now. He said there's always a chance Will Smith might hit it out the park, but mostly Independence Day was that much of a banger. I got to bring that up because dog. Was Independence Day good because of Will Smith? Honest question. I thought he was terrible in that movie. And the movie was corny as shit, but he had all the parts I cringed at. The, oh, I know he didn't just shoot that green shit at me. Yeah. And the welcome to Earth, and he punches the, like, that shit was corny, man. Yeah. Now, Jeff Goldblum low-key carried that Jeff, movie more so than Will Smith. He, no, Jeff Goldblum was really good in that movie, man. I think he was the star of that movie. However, I, I you got to remember, this was 1996. <laughs> so Will Smith was still, he. this was around the time he just started getting into more yeah. roles like this. This I want to say the Fresh Prince was still going on at that time, too. Or yeah, it might have been so. right after. But, um... Yeah, I so I I would give him a pass on that. This was something different we you know we seen from Will Smith because at that time, or at least for me, I only seen him in the Fresh Prince. So this was a little different. So I you know I'm not saying he was the you know he should have won an award for that, <laughs> but I don't think it was like super bad where I'm like man he need to stick he need to stick to comedy or he need to you know stick to his little TV show or something. Yeah, no, I just don't remember him being good in that movie. He was good in Men in Black. I thought him and Tommy Lee Jones played off each other perfectly. I liked him in that. The song was corny, but I liked him in Men in Black. But yeah, it, some of these movies, man, people be hyping up, and it's like, eh, he he wasn't really these good that good. Bad Boys, Bad Boys was good because of Martin. Let's fucking be real, man. <laughs> like Bad Boys was good because Martin was hilarious in it. And they played off each other. They had a good dynamic. But you could have replaced Will Smith with Wesley Snipes and mm. still had a great movie. You think so? You think so? I think th- so. Really? Okay. Because, look, I, I mean, I'm I'm a firm believer of, you know, uh, yeah, Martin probably made the movie. He, he was the star of the movie. But I don't know if anybody else would – you could just plug anybody else in with Martin and it would have been just as good. Like, I think both of them together made it pretty yeah, good, fair. too. That's fair. Yeah. I, I can see that. Actually, yeah. yeah, I see that. Yeah, because uh, Will Smith, he did play a good – he did play a good role in that movie. I don't know if Wesley Snipes or plugging anybody would have – yeah, and you know, they wouldn't put two dark-skinned people in a movie either. No. Nah. So, yeah, that, 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 that's a no-no in Hollywood. <laughs> so, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm just saying, I think 
people talk about Will Smith like he's Denzel. And yeah. I, I would put him more in a category of like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. You know, he's been in some good movies and some terrible ones, but he's not, okay. That's maybe too far. He's he, a good actor. Arnold Schwarzenegger got that thick ass accent in every movie, but yeah. y- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, a lot I, of movies are kind of corny. Yeah. I would say this, man, from where, where Will Smith, I, I would grade Will Smith on the curve. And I know that's not cool to say, but he, he just look where he started. He was a fucking rapper and you know, he got a T he got a TV show. And probably the first two seasons, he was kind of rough when it came to acting. <laughs> you know, if you look at you know all the shit he was going through during that time, he was not a good actor in that show, but he was the star of the show. So they surrounded him around real actors and all that stuff. And he even mentioned how he used to be saying people lines in, in his head <laughs> as they were saying it. So, you know, little stuff like that. But to see him, you know, make a show, I mean, make a movie, you know, do Men in Black or do uh, Bad Boys or even the Pursuit of Happiness, something like that. I never would have guessed he would have got to that point. (laughs) I thought, you know, if anything, I thought his ceiling was just, you know, Bad Boys. Let's do a little funny, goofy movie like uh, Men in Black. (laughs) Hitch, yeah. I never would have thought he would have did something like a, a, I never thought he would have played Serena Williams' dad. Or I, I never would have thought he got to that point. So um, I do, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say he a bad actor, but, you know, grading on the curve or where he started, he wasn't a traditional actor. I think I think he pretty solid. I wouldn't put him up there with Denzel, but I think he's solid for uh, where he started. It's kind of like, a you know, if you want to look in basketball or basketball or football terms, somebody that was undrafted mm-hmm. and they made their way on the team somehow. And they end up producing, and they don't play the traditional way, but they, you know, they making it do what it do and succeeding with it. <laughs> I feel you, and yeah, like I respect the grind, I respect the hustle, and you're right. He did come from a definitely non-acting background to where he is now. I respect the hustle, but yeah, yeah I just think people gas his demography up a little yeah, too much. Yeah, you man. can't put him up there with Denzel, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I ain't having that. But um, I think that about covers it for the saga of the slap. Um, mm. This is as much as I feel like talking about at this point. We might have to put a moratorium. Yeah. Um, unless something huge happens next week. I think we have covered pretty much every angle of this damn slap now. Yeah. Do, do you uh, think I'm, do you think he going to um, get suspended and or get his uh, I'm about to say Grammy, but get his Oscar taken away? He will definitely not get his Oscar taken away. They're, they're not going to do that. They're not going to go that far. I think everybody would be against that, even the people who thought what he did was really fucked up. Nobody wants to see him get his Oscar taken away, but he will definitely be suspended. He will not be able to go to the next one. And apparently it's like tradition for the best actor winner to announce the best actress winner the next year. Mm. So he's supposed to be there, Damn. but he's not going to be there. They, mm. they, they, they have to do something. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's definitely going to be suspended. He's not going to be able to go to the next one. And he's already resigned from the Academy, so I don't know what else they can do yeah. except ban him for life, which, you know, they're not going to go that far. Yeah. But, yeah, man, as soon I think they're just waiting for the smoke to die down, too, and people to move on to the next thing. 
Yeah. And as soon as that happens, people will move on with their life because yeah. at the end of the day, this is some meaningless shit that happened. It's just funny. Yeah. yeah. Interesting to if, talk about. But if, if they were smart, man, if it was my call, I wouldn't ban them. I will probably, you know, hopefully him and Chris Rock are, you know, patch things up after that. But I would love to have him back, man. Because just imagine if he was back at the awards next year and Chris Rock was right back up there and some type of do some type of little bit where he's like, oh, he coming on the stage. It kind of bring it kind of bring that attention where it's like, oh, shit, Will Smith going to be there. Chris Rock going to be there. We got to watch this. And, I, you know, we talked about it before. I don't give a shit about the Oscars. I was watching it only because um, it was on that channel. And I cut the mm-hmm. TV on, so we watched it for about a good 15, 20 minutes right before the slap. So um, I think that could – I mean, if they want to look at it from a ratings point, I think that could help the ratings. I think more people will be tuned in just to see what's going to happen. <laughs> and, you know, hope. and I'm only saying that if things are patched up, things are good between the two. If they're not good, then, no, you shouldn't have them in the same place, but – if things are good and you could probably joke around with it, have some type of funny skit, I think I think that could work out well. Yeah, definitely could. But, you know, like I said, the Hollywood people are selfish. They want the attention on them. They don't want the attention on Will Smith two years in a row. So yeah. they, they will definitely not have him at the next. Maybe two years from now, they'll reenact that and they'll dap it up and say it's all good. But, like, as they had to discipline him somehow. Because yeah. people in Hollywood are really upset about it, so yeah, it would help the ratings. But they, they, I think they value their like integrity of the show more than ratings. Yeah. So they're they're not gonna have them back next year. But they'll they'll definitely, I think, at some point they're gonna have them both maybe present together and hug it out yeah. and show everything is okay. But yeah, until yeah, they're they're yeah. definitely not. It's, it's about to be some corny ass skits and jokes <laughs> next yeah. year. Um, okay, who is the next rapper, big name rapper? I'm not talking about number SoundCloud rapper. Who do you think is going to be the first rapper to make a song referencing this slap? Ah, uh, shit. Uh... My money is on Nikki. It has to be Nikki. She got an album coming out soon. Mm. I'm sure she's re recording verses right now. Yeah, because she has to talk Freddie Gibbs. Yes. Fair enough. He might yes. be the one, one too. Yeah, he might come out with something tomorrow. It's gonna be some. I, I I think it's gonna be some type of drug dealer rapper. So somebody from Griselda or something, they're gonna be like, yeah, slapping, slapping that hard rock like <laughs> like Will did or something. <laughs> slapping niggas like Will. I, yeah. I saw a bar that I thought was really hard on Twitter. It said, "Uh, uh, how'd it go?" It said, "Uh." Slap a nigga, I really will. Y'all, Chris, I'm really will. <laughs> D- dog. <laughs> that's not like a Nikki bar. <laughs> it does. No, nah, that's a little too high bar, high brow for Nikki. But she might actually, she might do something like that too. Yeah. She'll do like uh slap a nigga. I, I can't even think. I, I, I gotta, th- I gotta think about how she would word it. But it'll be something you, where you she bitches, thinks she you has bitches are my sons. I smack Chris. you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I smack you in the face, <laughs> Will or something. 
Now she's definitely gonna have some corny punchline because she got an album coming out soon too, I think. So I'm sure she's re-recording her verses and putting new things in. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, Doc, we are in for a year of hip hop referencing this moment, if, if not more. So yeah, get ready for the bars because they're coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Figgy Fig, and I got to tell you guys about Pittman Chiropractic and Wellness. I've been having some serious lower back and neck issues over the past few years, and finally, I decided to get it checked out with Dr. Pittman. Pittman Chiropractic and Wellness specialize in neck and back pain, muscle and joint pain, sports injuries, auto accidents, and so much more. Don't walk around in pain like I was. Schedule your appointment with Dr. Pittman today. 346-774-2887. That's 346-774-2887. Or you can schedule online at PCAWellness.com PCAWellness.com and tell them Ficky Fig sent you. What up everybody? Got a very, 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 very special guest joining us today. Um, you may know him if you listen to In The Loop 10 to 2 Sports Radio 610 and other 610 shows. A uh, Attorney Sam is joining us, a man who we, we go to uh, frequently on the station for, you know, I'll say it's been a uh, a popping season for lawyers and attorneys right now, <laughs> especially after the whole Deshaun Watson thing, which took a whole year of legal drama and things we normal people didn't understand. So we had to tap in with y'all for that. And then the whole thing with Chris Rock and Will Smith. So it was a lot of people, law- yeah. attorney advice hey, and Travis, Travis Scott. <laughs> Travis Scott, too. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on that uh, people are seeking advice and seeking uh, the thoughts of lawyers to see what's going to happen in the legal realm. We got a very, very uh, special guest joining us. Uh, attorney Sam is, is with us today. Finally, we made Attorney Sam happen on the show. Putting the face to the name. <laughs> so how you doing, man? How you doing? Oh, man, as I always like to tell folks, black and excellent. No complaints. Okay, okay. Just, I like just, that. Just enjoying life. Man, um, you know it's another day. It's Friday, so you know it's uh, we we still happy hour right now. So (laughs) (laughs) it's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. I hear you. uh, I hear them talk about you all the time in the station. So it's good to finally meet and link up, and we can get into your story. Can also ask you, you know, some things. You know, your 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 thoughts on certain things that have been happening in uh, the city and the nation, you know, from, from your perspective, but let's get into your background, man. Like, how'd you start up? How'd you be eventually become an attorney? Like what, what was your beginning in, in your life path? Where did that start? I uh, mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, I started off, actually, I went to Alabama state university, went there, played basketball four years, won two swag championships. So I always got to throw that in there. Went to the NCAA tournament twice. Okay. Got my degree in radio and TV broadcasts and just figured I was going to be on radio. I was going to be the next Stuart Scott. Uh, <laughs> you know, decided I came home. I interned at KBXX, uh, KMJQ. I uh, served as the producer for the Jeff Harrison show, which was the drive time show on Magic 102. And also served as the producer for the Cracker Nuts. Uh, and so that's kind of how I got my start. And I just took a liking to it and I knew I wanted to be on the programming side and I was working my way up and uh, you know, they hired me and next thing I know I'm on the promo team and then I'm, you know, I'm getting my own show with uh, uh, Joke the Smoke and uh, DJ Vonics, the Friday Night Takeover. And we had a change in management and new management came and put the kibosh on all that. Mm. Uh, and so 
me as a person that, you know, I can always see the writing on the wall and I've always been a very uh, ambitious and aggressive person. I don't believe in having a salary cap. And once someone, I see someone messing with my money and dictating how much I can make and when I can make it. Yeah, I don't like that. So <clears throat> I knew the writing was on the wall. And at the same time, I still was keeping myself in shape for any opportunities uh, to, you know, continue my basketball career. Uh, and it just so happened, man, you know, law school was an idea uh, that my dad, who's an attorney, <clears throat> You know, but he wasn't a glamorous attorney. He wasn't like the Madlock and, you know, the Johnny Cochran's and stuff. You know, he did, he did boring stuff. And then he also served, he was more of a musician than anything. And so I didn't necessarily see like that glamorous lifestyle that I thought lawyers were supposed to have. But I'm from Greenspoint. So we saw the struggle, you know what I'm saying? But my dad always kind of, I would work with my dad. My dad and I are like this. We're best friends. And. You know, I work with my dad and I, I, I like the law. I could always speak with people. I could always, you know, connect with them. And but it was just in the back of my mind, like, yeah, you know, law school, I'm not not really interested. Well, once Katrina hit, man, I had a relative come stay with us. My Uncle Dalton from New Orleans. If You know anything about folks from New Orleans? Very blunt, especially once they get a little crown royal, you know, <laughs> uh, and he just was just, man, just talking down, talking bad about radio and basketball. Boy, that radio stupid. That basketball stupid. Your daddy wants to go to law school. He ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to tell you, that radio is stupid. And he, things happened, and I had an epiphany, man. I, I lived in the infamous apartments over in Greens Point, <clears throat> the Vanderbilt. Everyone from Greens Point knows about the Vanderbilt. And I got stopped three times within a matter of 10 days and being uh, – my car or me fit the profile of a suspect in an armed robbery, uh, a drug dealer. Uh, and the last time it was the most humiliating thing I ever experienced where myself, a friend of mine who played AAU basketball with me, who was home, we were outside just standing around talking. I was lacing them up with some lady CDs back in the day. You know, you get those DJ drama mixtapes. I had them for him. Like, Hey bro, I got, mm -hmm. I got this new DJ drama. You know, I'm gonna keep you laced up. Cause he went to school up North in Boston. So, <clears throat> I, I don't know what happened, but I ended up in handcuffs. I ended up being accused of supposedly fitting the profile of a, of a known drug dealing area where the, the range of this person was a black male between the ages of 24 and 30, 180 to 230 pounds. And it was just humiliating. I remember my dad, I called my dad. He comes over with a big Kool-Aid stain shirt and He's talking reckless. I'm talking about he's talking big boy shit. Like, hey, get him out them handcuffs, this and that. My dad is a very mild-mannered person, but that was the first time I saw them, and I saw the respect he commanded. And once they realized he was an attorney, things kind of died down. And uh, You always had one officer, the little guy, that's always trying to, you know, be the most aggressive out there. <clears throat> he told my dad that profile. My dad was like, man, you know, that could be this whole entire complex, man. I lived in a 95% black complex. <laughs> that could have been the entire complex. And at the time, you know, man, my mind, I'm like, bro, I don't graduate from college. I've done everything the right way. I've seen parts of the world that people could only imagine. I've played basketball. I've done everything the right way. And to be treated like this, to be talked to like this, nah, that's not what happened. And, and the light bulb went off. And I uh, applied to law school, and I was able to get in uh, to Southern University Law Center in Baton Rouge and uh, went there. Uh, and it was it was fun times after graduating from Southern. I uh, took my talents west, went to work, 
at the Clark County Public Defender's Office out in Las Vegas, which was super wild. Uh, <clears throat> I represented some some interesting, you know, I took on some interesting cases. But in 2011, I came home, passed the Texas bar, uh, first time out, and I've been here ever nice. since, man. You know, uh, doing criminal law, all, not just all over the city, not just all over the state. I take cases all over the country. So, uh, I mean, it's just crazy, man. I never thought. And today, I'm actually celebrating my 20th year as a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. And I oh, never, wow. thought, yeah, congrats. You know, That's dope, man. I appreciate it. I never thought in 2002, while we were pledging, actually pledging, I never thought I would be here at this point. I knew I would be have a successful life, um, and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. But you know, I, I think I've done some really good things and made an impact on my community, and that's really my biggest my biggest thing. You know, so I'm here, Coach AAU basketball, giving back, making sure man we putting boys in college. So you know, that's my story, man. Okay, so what made you get into um, law? I know you mentioned your dad was an attorney, but I, I, it seemed like a lot of people that's into sports or into radio, they have some type of connection with, um, with you know, being a lawyer or something like that or an attorney. So what made – is this some type of connection there or was you just – did you just want to go to, you know, law school? I, you know, the only connection really was my dad. Uh, and like I said, I worked with my dad a lot of times when I would come home for the summer um, and I would just be in the mix, you know, dealing with clients. And he saw that I was good with communicating with people and people gravitated towards me. And, you know, when people would be mad, I knew how to calm them down. I knew what to say. And he was like, man, you know, you take to this like a duck to water. But like most kids, man, I ain't trying that stuff dad like you got your life i'm gonna do my own thing brother he's my dad was a musician i wasn't really i was good i played the saxophone but that wasn't my thing but you gave me a football a basketball or a baseball man i was a fool and basketball i knew was my way to get a free education right so i looked at it like okay well and a lot of my partners man from college and just from growing up in greens point and just around the city of houston i had a lot of friends that play pro ball. Uh, Michael Bourne is one of my very best childhood friends. Played with the Astros, played with the Indians. Mm-hmm. Carl Crawford, we all grew up playing baseball together on the same team. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so those are like personal friends of mine. I had buddies that were playing in the NFL. You know, it's just kind of like guys knew I, were, I was intelligent and would ask me questions like, well, man, this was going on with this contract. What you think about that? And like, oh, well, you know, look like they're trying to get over on you. But, you know, so I thought when I first went to law school, man, I was going to be a sports agent. That's that was my thinking. Like, yo, I'm going to come out. And I'm going to be a sports agent. <clears throat> Myself and two other guys, we actually kind of created a sports agency and filed the paperwork. Uh, but, you know, as I got into the criminal clinic at Southern University, I kind of felt that was more of my lane and then I was dealing with my partners who were athletes and then one of my boys uh is the manager for Khalil the uh singer we went to we went to Alabama State together he Bobby Valentino's best friend right so he would call me about things then I would be getting calls from the artists like like I was their manager or something like you know like bro what so I knew I didn't want to be a babysitter and that's what I felt like a sports agent was going to be like a glorified babysitter and I didn't want to do that because I don't have the tolerance or the temperament for that. Because I'm going to go off on your ass. Don't call me at 2 in the morning talking about your pillows ain't fluffed up right. Hey, man, we ain't got time for that. And that's, that's 
kind of calls, all jokes aside, that's the type of stuff I was getting. So I felt like that was my connection with my dad, but I, I wanted to bring another twist to it. And I thought it was going to be the sports, but really it was the criminal law. Um, and like I said, I just, it's just something about speaking up for people that are in a powerless position and who have been falsely accused. And again, I can actually say I could walk in your shoes and know how that feels. And it's a horrible feeling, you know? So that was kind of my connection, but yeah, you're right. Most people with sports, like I say, bro, I thought I was going to be a sports agent. Like that was my thing before there was David Mulligetter. I was like, (laughs) who's a newt by the way. So, you know, I always try to show love. So he's a cool cat, super intelligent. So, you know, yeah, that's a that's a funny story because uh, we do make jokes in the industry about how so many radio producers, especially at our station, actually happened a couple times when I just got hired on six ten. Uh, two of our producers had just left like that same year to go to law school, <laughs> and it's like it seems like the producer radio producer to law school pipeline was just at some point reality hits and it's like okay yeah. we, we got to get a grown the, up job the, the, so. the funny part about it is even on a national level like what Mike Florio and different random people that was into sports um uh, like broadcasting they're like oh yeah i used to i used to be an attorney it's like wait what yeah <laughs> like, like yeah. how is this even connected like that so whenever legal stuff happened then they write on it <laughs> so it's like damn mm-hmm. like what how is this related at some point because it it's I like sports too. I like radio, but there's no way in hell I ever thought about being a lawyer, man. <laughs> it was just like, whoa, that's something totally it, different. <laughs> it, it's crazy, man. And like I said, being getting the opportunity to speak about the legal issues that have come up this year. Like this has been a wild year for Houston sports fans. Like it's been a crappy year actually uh for us fans. And I'm a diehard Houstonian man. I tell folks all the time, bro, like I know my team is trash right now. But I ride or die with them. Rockets, uh, I see the vision. I just hope they, they'll keep silence for two more years because that's when the team is going to be in contention. Uh, Astros, you know, Uncle Dusty, hey, man, I, I, I love us. Texans, I ain't got no choice but to love us. I was there. I remember being in my dorm room watching the very first game against the Cowboys. We won that game. I ain't care nothing less. Like, as a Houstonian, hey, bro, just beat, beat the Cowboys, right? <laughs> And so I've been down with it since 2002. And once, you know, you know, Vince Young left the Titans. I was, I was hundred percent, you know, Texans. Like this is my team. Like I can't, even though I keep telling myself, man, I'm not about to put up with this foolishness. I ain't go no road games this year. I normally try to go to two or three road games. I'm like, man, I ain't spending no money on this. Like this, uh-uh. but it's hard, man. When you're a fan, you're a fan. And so this being on and being able to speak, you know, and give my expertise on some of these legal issues has been really fun. And it's kind of given me some ideas about maybe what my next move is. Um, you know, and there have been opportunities. People have reached out asking me questions. How would I feel about it? But, you know, when the right opportunity comes, man, you know, I was embroiled in a judicial campaign. So I really didn't have an opportunity to uh, evaluate those opportunities as they were coming. But, you know, hey, man, I feel like I can do what Florio is doing. <laughs> Oh, definitely. You're doing better, too. I don't, I don't really fuck with Florio that much. <laughs> but uh, uh, so uh, you did mention that Texans being a mess and they are a mess. We know why they're such a mess right now. Um, one of the biggest cases this year has been, of course, Deshaun Watson. Uh, the legal, you know, took a year long. I was really shocked it took this long 
but apparently this is normal in the legal world for cases to take this long. But it just felt really long to me. But um, what are your general thoughts on that? What are your thoughts about how the uh, the grand jury hearings went? He had two of them, I believe. And of course, there were no criminal char- charges filed. Um, there's been a lot of talk back and forth. You know, a lot of people who don't know how these things usually go are chiming in like they're experts. So it's kind of <laughs> hard to really tell like what's really right and what really isn't. So what are your thoughts on that in general? And and how do you think anything the way this played out was unusual at all in, in oh. the legal world? Oh my goodness. There, there's a lot of unusual things that are taking place <laughs> that took place and that are taking place. Uh and we'll put a pin in that. I'll come back to that. I, I think, man, you know, and, and this is with my lawyer hat on and not my fan hat, uh, my fan of the Texas, my fan of Deshaun Watson. I think he was very fortunate to have the counsel that he had um, in Rusty Harden and Letitia Keonis, uh, as I know both of them personally and just their abilities to really put forth good defenses for their clients. Um, you know, there's a saying, and it, it kind of gets used a lot about a ham sandwich can be indicted. A ham sandwich can be indicted for murder because it's not hard to get an indictment. All it is is just a formal proceeding of 13, 12 to 13 strangers that none of us are actually supposed to know about. So that's that's one thing that's weird. Grand jury proceedings are supposed to be secretive, right? Uh, but you get these strangers together and you present, you know, the government the state or the government, if you're on the federal level, they present their evidence to uh, these 13 strangers who are convened for a period of time, three to six months at a time. They listen to all these cases in their respective jurisdictions. And a lot of times, man, this is like 90% of cases get indicted because it really depends on, it really depends on the prosecutor or the uh, AUSA. It's the tone that they set. Like I myself do grand jury packets, right? Which is what Rusty and you know Letitia did. They presented a grand jury packet. But a lot of times, prosecutors sometimes, and I've been told by people that I knew that were on the grand jury, is like, yeah, the prosecutor, didn't, he just said, here's the packet, but you don't have to read it. So if you have a trustworthy and an ethical prosecutor that's going to present their side, but also present the defensive side with the same zest, you know, and, and, and zealousness, you know, it's possible that a no bill will come. And I've been the recipient of, you know, no bills. But I think in Deshaun's case, what that tells us, what that tells me as a lawyer, right? The investigation that was done by multiple law enforcement agencies from Houston Police Department to uh, apparently Brazoria County to uh, Brazoria County Sheriff's Department to in conjunction with the feds, there was not enough evidence there to even meet the low standard of probable cause. And probable cause translates into it's more likely than not that this happened. That's a very low burden, not beyond a reasonable doubt, which is what you have to prove in trial, but it's more likely than not, right? So that's a very low burden. And so when you see that, it's like, okay, if you spend a year gathering up all this information, right? all from all these law enforcement agencies and you had these strangers who let's be real it's impossible to live in the city of houston or just be breathing and living in the state of texas and not know about the sean watson's issue again because of the antics of one particular side right 
the plaintiff side, right? Putting things out there like that's not normal. That's 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 highly unusual. And it's and I, I tell Figgy this all the time, quite frankly, and everyone has different ethics, right? You got to do what you got to do for your client. I get it. But Rambo tactics like that, I'm not a fan of. And most of us in the profession are not fans of. But to uh, Tony's credit, yo, he's successful at it. I'm not going to knock him. He, he 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 makes money. He knows how to get to it. He's successful at it. So, hey, it works. Uh, you know, I just myself am not going to ever go that route to, to make a dollar, right? But it says a lot, again, when you had various grand juries come back saying, no, bit we don't find enough. And I, I told Figgy this too, when in Brazoria, oh, Lord, Brazoria County, see, people think Brazoria County, they think Pearland. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Pearland is the, 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 the most northern part of Brazoria County, and it only makes up like 5%. And let's be real, that's why all the black folks stay, right? The problem is Brazoria County's main hub is in Angleton. So you got to go about another 30, 35 miles, 40 minutes south to get there. So when I have to pick a jury in Brazoria County, I don't get people that look like us. I get them folks out there in Angleton and Alvin and Rocheron, right? You get you get people out Lake Jackson. You get them folks. <laughs> uh, there's nothing wrong with them. They're good people, but their idea of justice is way different than our idea in Harris County, right? And you can figure out why, okay? Uh, I charge extra to go to Brazoria County, even though it's within, you know, I say greater Houston, because I, I know the foolishness I have to deal with. So when they came back with a no bill, I was like, okay, well, that says even more to me. And I know people are like, well, that doesn't mean that he's innocent or it doesn't mean that he's guilty. It means that this case is over with. And what about the 22 women? You know, <laughs> that's what everybody keeps saying. There's, there's, there's nothing more. And by law, he has been exonerated because now this case is dismissed. Jeopardy is attached. It's over. Right. So now the criminal and when there's when there's simultaneous, you know, uh, criminal and civil matters going, criminal is always going to dictate what happens on the civil. Right. Because the stakes are higher on your on your on your civil side. You're just dealing with money and property. Right. That's why the burden is just by preponderance of evidence. I always tell people, imagine a football field. All you got to do is get to the other team's 49. You know, that's it. But for beyond a reasonable doubt, man, you got to get in the green zone. Yeah, not not the red zone. You got to get in the green zone. Damn sure not if you the Texans, because we had a problem scoring in the red zone. You got to get in that green zone. So that's a high burden. So the criminal side always leads the civil side. And now. You still have these complaints, and, and it could be a situation it can go one or two ways. You can have people that say, hey, look, and this is the route that I think Deshaun might be taking, and in full disclosure, I, I'm not privy to any of those legal conversations. I, I try to make sure when I see Letitia or Rusty, I don't say anything, you know, because, again, that could be a conflict, and that's a violation of their attorney-client privilege, right? So I don't know which way they're going, but it sounds like Deshaun has dug his heels in, especially after these criminal cases have, you know, been, gone away. So now it's like, okay, we have more leverage, right? There's no reason for me to settle. I might as well take it the whole way. Now, this thing could happen. It can end up one or two ways. You can find juries that will be like, well, you know what? They didn't find any criminal cases and we know about it. Can't nothing be here, right? Or you could have the OJ scenario where OJ was found not guilty, 
but they hammered OJ in the civil, right? And said he was liable for the death. You could have something like that. Now, fear with that is because it was released, how much money Deshaun made that 230 million. I know the plaintiff's counsel is sitting here saying, okay, well, that uh, there was rumors that he was willing to settle for 2 million with everybody, you know, so each, each plaintiff would get like a hundred thousand. Oh, that number don't go on up. Cause now you got 230 guaranteed. Hey brother. <laughs> now nah, we need more than that, you know, or let's just roll the dice and go to trial. If you, if you're feeling that good, I was about to say, if you're feeling that freaky, but that would be <laughs> you feeling froggy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, I mean, it, it, there's so much unique. I hate to say it, weird and unprofessional but man some of the stuff just makes me feel so slimy like i said on on twitter the other day the fact that depositions are being released yo that's wild like i mean is it is it really that we've seen depositions be leaked in high profile cases all the time you see it after celebrities you're right you you may see it after the fact and i i I guess somebody made a comment well a and e has made a living off of that i said yeah they have However, the case has already been settled and they get access to that. I don't have any problems with that, but it's an ongoing case. So what you're doing is tainting any potential jury pool that's out there. And you're trying to, again, win the public opinion as opposed to the court's opinion. Now, like, now who who was responsible for getting that video? Was it Busby and his people's or was it because um, I want to say it was Fox Aid in Cleveland, the news station who released well, it. Was, was they're not going to reveal their sources, but okay. you know, you know, damn good and well. Okay, <laughs> let me not say that because I'm being exact, and I hate when people be exact <laughs> when they don't know. I wasn't there, but who does that benefit? It doesn't benefit Deshaun Watson at that yeah. mm-hmm. right? That benefits the plaintiff. The only people in those depositions when Deshaun is being deposed is Attorney Tony Busby, Attorney Rusty Harden, and his team, and maybe Attorney Tony Busby and his team, his lawyers, right? His paralegal. Deshaun Watson and the court reporter. Mm. So the court reporter, they take an oath. You're not, you're not releasing stuff like that. Like you can get fired, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this stuff is supposed to be kept sacred. So mm. both sides get access to it, you know, because you pay for it. And like, hey, look, I need a good copy of that. The only time you use a deposition or you should be using a deposition is when you're in trial because it's a sworn statement. And the witness is now saying something completely different than what they said when they were deposed. So you use it to impeach them, right? To catch them in a lie, to try to get them to perjure themselves, but to just leak it randomly to the place that he just got traded to. Come on, man. Like, (laughs) come on. They ain't leaking to a Houston news station. They ain't leaking to ESPN. (laughs) They leaked it to Fox 8. And again, this is, we're talking about an, a, a, a side that when this came about, first thing they went to was Instagram to post about it. Like, yo, like that's not normal, man. Like that's <laughs> not, you know, that's, that's not normal for people that I know in this profession, people that I respect in this profession. And again, I ain't, I'm, I'm not knocking him cause he gets to the paper, you know, he'll let you know he gets to the paper. He's always bragging about Antioch ranch and oh, I just sold my, my Rolls Royce. Hope somebody like that's his, that's his stick. Right. He throws parties for 45. You know, that's his stick. Right. But it's it's dirty, bro. Like, that's all I can tell you. Like, that is you're right, uh, Brother Rock. It's not necessarily 
it's uncommon, but we've seen it before, especially in high profile cases with 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 William H. Cosby Bill. They released his deposition, mm-hmm. right? But now that to me was released by for a couple of reasons. One, I felt like okay, if someone leaked that, it benefited Bill Cosby because it also in that deposition talked about the fact that there was an agreement made that there were going to be no criminal charges pressed if he, you know, uh uh did not plead the fifth and actually be deposed. So that was beneficial to, you know, uh Bill Cosby. This ain't beneficial to Deshaun. It makes him look creepier than ever. You know, and it's just kind of like, and it's only a small snippet. And it was done that way to kind of misconstrue the context. I, I'm sure there was a, a previous question asked before he gave that statement and a follow-up. You know, it was just done to just embarrass him. And like, I also think that's embarrassing for the plaintiffs because it's like, man, come on, man, you opening the floodgates, you opening the door. And I, I would imagine, and I'm surprised they haven't done it yet, but maybe they want him to keep talking and, and, and making a spectacle of it. But normally you might see a defense counsel say, hey, judge, we need a gag order because like this is getting out of hand. And since we are heading to trial, we are really getting close to not having a qualified jury pool because everyone is going to be tainted. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of weird stuff, man. Yeah, that, that kind of <laughs> makes sense because um, last week Deshaun had his press conference and, you know, a lot of people was reacting to that. And oh. I, I thought Busby was going to make a post about it, like right after it was over. And he never did. But it, it's, I, the ironic part about it is that's when the videos the video, other videos man. came out so that would that made total sense that was his statement right there that was his clap back yeah, yeah. The, vi- the video leak and and that's exactly what i thought i was like okay yeah he he didn't jump up and down on that and boom what do you know late at <laughs> night we get <laughs> a, a leak of deposition like leak of deposition mm-hmm. come on man like that that's not normal like you don't leak a deposition because again the court reporter is not doing that. I, or, or the, uh, uh, yes, yeah, I forgot what the actual name. I can't think right now. The the person that comes in and, and records the deposition. And this was a video deposition too. So it's like, hey man, you're taking extra care because this, this privacy matters. And this is a sexual assault claim or sexual misconduct. Man, the laws are even more aggressive to protect defendants and, and victims. Like you can't, I guess it's unheard of. <laughs> yeah, there has been strange behavior. Um, I also saw on Sports Illustrated this week, um, one of the accusers, I don't think she was somebody who was, you know, filing a lawsuit with Tony Busby, but she actually put out a piece on Sports Illustrated, you know, kind of talking about what happened with Deshaun. And this all happened like right after, you know, we, we've had all this time, but right after the trade happens, Suddenly we get this piece in Sports Illustrated. It's been, it's been some weird behavior, man. Uh, so do you actually believe, because both sides have said they don't want to settle in the past. Tony Busby and Rusty Harden's camp have both echoed that. I always thought that was just a little dramatic acting. You know, they have to put the pressure on the other side to say we don't want to settle. But I would imagine both sides really want that in the end. I would imagine Deshaun actually does want this to go away. I don't. I would think he wouldn't want to fight this all, every like for years and years down the line, however long it takes for all these cases to go to trial, whatever they go to. So, 
do you actually believe them when they say they don't want to settle? And how far do you think this will actually go? Man, that's a that's a tough question. I think if your client is adamant, I didn't do anything wrong, right? And I and and again, I'm I'm putting my criminal lawyer hat on, not my 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 uh, civil lawyer hat just yet. But in the criminal standpoint, it's like okay, cool. I tell my client, we don't plead the shit they that you didn't do, and we don't plead the shit they can't prove. Get you twelve, let's go to trial, right? Civil side is a little bit different because I've represented plaintiffs, I've represented defendants, right? It's because we're dealing with money and not just money, but we're also dealing with your reputation and or brand. You know, we have to make a, a different type of business decision. Right. So I think right now, emotionally, Deshaun is like, screw that. I want to go to trial because now I've been cleared of any criminal wrongdoing. So I feel more empowered to be like, yeah, no, screw y'all. You know, like we're going to trial. I didn't do this. OK, I want my name clear. He has been he has been stepping on that. I want my name clear and I, and I get it. So I think prior to the grand jury rendering its its verdicts, I think that they were really wanting to settle. And I know there was a report that they were this close, you know, to having a deal to Miami, but it was contingent upon them settling. And, you know, 18 other women wanted to settle, but then there were four that didn't. Um, which I found kind of weird because when you have a, a suit like that, you know, pretty much everybody's going to be on the same page because there's no way to say, okay, well, your, your damage, your harm is greater than woman two or woman three or woman four. So you do what's called a, a global settlement and in global settlement where it's like, all right, we just don't give you $3 billion or $3 million. Y'all split it equally amongst everybody, you know, but I think Tony Busby wants to settle. I, I think it would be more beneficial for them to settle than it would be to go to trial, right? Um, and a lot of times we have a saying that you prepare, you always prepare a case for trial and ultimately it will settle. But if you prepare to settle, it inevitably goes to trial. So, I mean, there's different motivations for both sides, right? Deshaun's side is trying to clear his name, get back his reputation, which I've I've been adamant about this he'll never be looked at the same never he can do everything that he wants to do but he will never be looked at the same right um his motivation is i want to clear my name i want to get back to playing football the get back to playing football is is very important right as an athlete people be like well man you know he got paid 10 million dollars to sit at home the fact that he had to sit at home and couldn't play was eating him up even if he would have had to play for the texans Telling you, as an athlete, man, you want to be out there competing, especially when you're seeing your peers who you think you're better than getting this praise and saying, oh, he's a top five quarterback. Oh, he's a top. Like, I wasn't just out here balling. You're a competitor, right? So that that little piece right there is the one advantage that I think the one little carrot that they could dangle over Deshaun and be like, man, if you're trying to get back to playing, hey, bro, go ahead. Let's settle this stuff. And that's if I'm the plaintiff, that's what I'm pushing. You got your trade. You got you wish you got your guaranteed money but i know you want to get back out on the field and be legendary all right let's settle these cases i'm sure there's already been talks with the commissioner people kind of these backroom talks happen all the time man like folks know you know higher ups know okay this is probably the punishment that is going to be rendered now with that being said i think based on what i heard commissioner goodell say on tuesday 
Uh, and there's some owners that are outraged about the fact that, hey, you know, how is it possible that a guy that didn't play football for an entire year forced his way out of town gets an $80 million raise and then gets his entire contract guaranteed? This is the first of its kind. And the one thing NFL owners have tried to prevent, we don't want to be the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're definitely scared of that. You know they are. Mm-hmm. And that was actually going to be my next question, too. I know the NFL is not bound by, you know, legal rules. To, I mean, they're, on, they're their own business. So they don't have to, you know, they, they can punish somebody without somebody necessarily doing yeah. something jail-worthy or anything like that. But – on what grounds do you think they can actually suspend or discipline Deshaun Watson? Because we talked about that. Figgy brought it up too on the show. How if he's you know beaten, he there there were no criminal charges levied against him, and he's still in court for the civil cases. What can they really do to say, hey, no, you know something? There's been no clear indication that any wrongdoing has happened legally. So on what grounds could they actually suspend him and how could they even justify that? So I haven't had a chance to look at the CBA in a long time. And I know they just had a new CBA where it took away the power of Goodell to be the judge and executioner, right? Judge, jury and executioner. So now there's like a, some outside person that comes in and, or committee, I believe, but that personal conduct policy is a very vague policy, very vague. It's very broad. And it's if, if we were in a court of law, we would object on vagueness and we would say that it's unconstitutional because it's so vague. But there are four words that I, I, I think will help you understand why he will be suspended. Embarrassment to the shield. This is embarrassing to the shield. The NFL is all about its image. That's it. They don't care nothing else. We care about our image. So if you bring embarrassment to the shield, that violates the personal conduct policy. Go back to uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott wasn't charged with anything, but the fact that a video came out yeah, the video of some groping young lady's boob, at, it looked like Mardi Gras, some type of party, after just coming off an investigation in Columbus when he was at Ohio State for supposedly a assault. fight or something, yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's an it's an embarrassment to the shield. Man, we got we got to suspend you. Big Ben wasn't charged with anything, and that was back in the day when Roger Dale first got there. It was like, man, I got to lay down the law, you know. And and I tell people all the time, which is crazy to me. I used to, I tell all these these Houston people who turned on Deshaun and who act like, oh well, we can get another franchise quarterback after we just waited sixteen damn years to get one. Big Ben was charged with two sexual assaults. One down in, in my namesake town, Milledgeville, Georgia. Right? <laughs> so, and it just kind of got, you know, like, hey, look, it went away, they settled, and they had to suspend him. You know, it's an embarrassment to the shit. I take it a step further. And this is why I kind of, and now I'm being, I'm putting my fan hat on and my black man hat on as a person that just cares about the young man, Deshaun Watson, the young black man, Deshaun Watson. One thing I know about the NFL, all of its owners, except for one, Shia Khan, have one common characteristic. they powerful white men. You want something to go away, they know how to make it go away. See Robert Kraft. 
Robert Crabb literally got caught <laughs> in the brothel in, in a human trafficking establishment that the feds have been looking at. And you know what, Rob, Robert Kraft happened to him? Hey, man, you just get suspended for two games from being in your own suite <laughs> and a fine. Uh, what, $500,000? Why? Not that his charges went away, but it was an embarrassment to the shield. And he's not under that personal conduct policy because he's management. But at the same time, it's an embarrassment to the shield. So even though Deshaun was not found guilty, there's still the possibility of being found liable. And even if he isn't found liable, it's an embarrassment to the shield for you to even have yourself in this situation. And that, as a black man who knows he's in rare air, but you can't put yourself in these types of situations. You, you you just can't. I'm not, I don't know what happened. And I'm not going to be one of these people that say, oh, he's guilty. He's a slime ball. I'm not going to be one of these people that say he didn't do it. I don't know. I just know you put yourself in a weird spot. You put yourself in a tough spot where now people are just forming opinions. And those opinions are becoming the narrative. And those narratives are becoming your truths when you didn't even, you didn't do anything. You know what? But he said he ain't got no regrets. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's what bothered me too. The fact yeah. I, I expect him to be a little contrite in yeah. that press conference. The fact that he basically, you know, stood ten toes down and said, "I didn't, I don't regret anything." He he, like he that, that's what really got on people's nerves. I think. Yeah, and I, I think he kind of went off script, and you know, you could tell the the answers and the questions that he had practiced for because he had the same answer about I've never disrespected any women. That's not. Yeah. What I've been brought up, like, he was good with that, you know? And, you know, he kind of had the humble posture. Like, believe it or not, man, we coach body language. Like, when I have oh, people yeah, justify, yeah. and this is my client, like, oh, man, your body language look like you're lying, okay? Hey, bro, your eyes look like they're lying. You got lying eyes, you know? Like, we got <laughs> we to be confident. We got to be contrite, you know? Like, look. And I felt like at that point, it, it was either he got annoyed. It were two questions that bothered me. Do you have any regrets? And are you going to go to counseling? Yeah. And you can tell he kind of went off script. was like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't need counseling. <laughs> it's like, I, I get it, but that's not the answer. That's not the answer I would have liked to have seen. Uh, and the no regrets, you could have said something. Again, man, It's just, I know we're going to talk about the Will Smith stuff, but it's easy to say what we would have done from the sideline with a bird's eye view. But when you in that moment, you know, and these questions are coming at you and it's already uneasy. Like he looked uneasy. Yeah. He definitely he was. I don't care if he is getting 230 million. He he looked uneasy because it's like, okay, this is the first time I've had to speak about this and where people are asking me questions. Right. And it's hard. It's hard. It's embarrassing. You know, like it's hard. And so I felt like when they asked him, did you have any regrets? I personally, if it were me, would have been like, you know, I, I have regrets for even bringing my family and having my family put in this. You know, I, I I hate things are where they are, you know, but, you know, I still profess my innocence. I didn't do anything wrong, but I do regret the fact that we are even here and that you even have to ask that question. Now, you know, something like that. Like, nah, yeah. my father was like, nah, no regrets at all. With, with kind of like a little smirk. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> yeah yeah that was rough <laughs> yeah yeah you know in the counseling thing it's like man uh, I, I could have you know somebody should have said well look we that's not something that we talked about but you know I'm willing to sit down and listen you know to any suggestions you know because I don't want to find myself in this position again something like that that's mm-hmm. a good 
that's a good politically correct answer with you being true to yourself. And I get it. Even if you feel like you don't have a problem, most addicts say they don't have a problem. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah most addicts and yes, it oh, it just ah shine, you know, because I want to see them win. I, I I really do. And again, man, I'm just about empowering young people, empowering black young black folks. Man, look, he has a gift that has been given to him, and he has been able to monetize that. And, and I want him to win, man. And it's just like, I get it, bro. Like what he's accused of. And it just seems like just based on what, what we know from the little details we get and that are leaked. Okay, man, you might got a little fetish or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. But I don't think he's a bad person. I want to see him win. I want to see him be successful knowing what he comes from. And how he's risen above, you know, I don't like the way things went down with the Texans. I don't blame him for requesting the trade because it was a clown show. It was, uh, you know, it was poor management. You know, people can go to jail for that type of malfeasance that was going on at that organization. <laughs> really, it, it was awful, you know. Um, but I, I and you know, from trading D hop to, you know, uh, bringing on this this Jack Easterby fella to giving him more power to, you know, kind of abandoning the plan to hire uh, someone outside of the Patriot family. And, you know, you had the search firm and you didn't tell the man about it. You know, you, you, you know, you kind of told him you would include him and then you didn't. And that was a mistake on Cal's part. He shouldn't have said, hey, I'm going to include you, you know, uh, and, and then you hired David Cully. And it's like, come on, man. Like, we're not trying to win. And football is too violent of a sport. To, to be fair, the, the hiring of David Cully happened after the trade request. And some speculate that was a move made in part to help coax Deshaun to come back, possibly. Of course, it didn't work. But, yeah, I, 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 you can't include that in one of the reasons why what, what, Deshaun wanted it out. The, no, no, you're absolutely right. You were, you're right. Factually, yes, he had already requested the trade. But if that's what you wanted to do and that was your idea to try to get him back to hire someone. And it really was insulting. You hired him because he was black, but you hired him because he was just going to go along with everything that you said. You had other alpha males out there like I would have been cool with Leslie Frazier. I would have been cool with Jim Caldwell. I the hell I'd have been cool like I am now with Lovey Smith. But you hire a guy that couldn't even pick his own staff? Man, that, again, you're not, this generation, I was talking with this with a friend of mine now. We were talking about the students at Howard University, how they not taking no stuff. They putting Howard on blast and they getting, they getting what they want, right? This, this generation, what is it, Generation Z, uh, I think? Yeah, yeah. Hey, man. They're smarter than what we think, and they're sitting there looking at that, and they're like, man, I'm not staying around for foolishness. Football is too violent of a sport to just be sitting here wasting years, as J.J. Watt told him walking out. Man, I'm sorry, we wasted a year. You can't do that. And so you hire this man. Great. I'm glad a black coach got an opportunity, but I wanted a qualified candidate. You've been in the NFL almost 40 years and you never held a coordinator's position. You weren't on any other team's radar. Like, we didn't know who this guy was. And it's like, what? <laughs> How do you say that is a better candidate than, and, I, and I, 
I don't want to use Eric Bieniemy because for whatever reason he still hasn't gotten the job. Yeah. Uh, but you had a Todd Bowles, you had a Byron Leftwich, you had a Raheem Morris, you had a Lovey Smith, you had a Jim Caldwell, you had a Leslie Frazier. I can keep going. A qualified black coaches that people knew about and that other teams were interested in. And that was your idea to try to get him back. Come on, man. Like you, that tells me you really didn't want him back. And you were saying, Hey, I'm going to choose a less valuable employee over my most valuable employee. That's what I, as a fan couldn't get with. It's like, how much money does Jack Easterby generate? What is he responsible for, for ticket sales? Question for you, for you. How much does he generate? I mean, I had to look at the fiscal no, report. No, I don't know. No, no, no. I, no, I know what you're saying. Um, I, I mean, I don't think the fans are actually paying money to see Jack Easterby or anything like yeah. that. Right. It could be. Might, it could be somebody I, else in that same position. And right. It, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever yeah. his position is, executive vice president of football operations. And I'll, I'll speak on Rick Smith. Rick Smith was the general manager, but fans weren't coming to see Rick Smith. And Rick Smith is my frat brother. He's the person that brought us our first franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. right? You, you, people were going to see number four, number ninety nine, number ten, number ninety. You know all the other players. So you choose this guy who, quite frankly, is not qualified to be in the position that he's in. Privilege is something over a guy that you know is your franchise quarterback, someone that plays the most difficult position in all the sports. Again, I don't blame the man for wanting to get out. I just hate the way I think there were some things that he could have done more professionally. Again, if I'm calling my staff and I have a great staff at the Millage Law Firm, if I'm calling my staff, your ass better call me back because clearly <laughs> I need something. Clearly I need something. And the fact that we live in a day and age where you can get internet service anywhere, I don't care where you are. You didn't respond back to calls, man, that's unprofessional. That's childlike. Got to grow up. We're paying you too much money. You know, I didn't like that. So I was wearing different hats. I'm wearing my fan hat. I'm wearing my, my father hat. Like, I'm I'm concerned. Like, I look at him like a little brother. I want to see him best. Then I'm wearing my business on the hat. Now, you're not dictating anything, <laughs> right? You either play or you retire. That was my stance the whole time. And people, man, that's, that's cold. No, it's not. We're going to get what we can get for you if we decide to trade you. Or, hey, man, we you got $35 million coming, you can come play, or you can retire. Yeah, yeah there, there's a whole lot that can go into it. And we could talk about Deshaun all day, honestly, man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. multi-layered, yeah. So, multi, so many layers to it. Uh, but we got some other things, too, man. You did mention uh, Tony Busby, of course. Um, and we mentioned this, you know, the whole Travis Scott after world tragedy, you know, which is a big story here. It still is. Ongoing lawsuits, of course. Um now we saw Tony Busby before Astro World taking pictures with Travis Scott. And then after Astro World, he deletes that picture and then starts, you know, posting all the news articles from the disaster. And then a few days later, he's representing people who yeah. are suing Travis he was Scott. A- he was actually posting a lot of the pictures from previous concerts. Of how he and you know, I guess Travis Scott pretty much promoted rage and stuff like that. So he was trying to build a case on social media, saying, "Hey, look at this concert from 2012. 
where these three people got hurt. And look at him telling somebody, telling people to beat somebody up. So it, it was it was so strange because he just took a picture with him at the World Series, and now that picture totally gone, and he just pretty much dragging this guy through the mud. <laughs> like, hey, look what he did yeah. ten years ago. Well, you know, there's a there's a saying: uh, a leopard don't change his spots; it just changes where it lays, right? So he's only loyal to that one thing: the mighty dollar. Again. It's not illegal for what he does. Some of us find it just unprofessional and borderline unethical. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, like I said, I'm sure I've taken pictures with people that, you know, I ended up like, oh, <laughs> okay. Like, I I don't look at that, but it was just, just knowing some of the stuff that he's done and just what seems to be his character. Yeah, it looks shady, right? But he's just loyal to money. And, you know, again, man, like I say, I can sit here, bitch and moan all day, but the brother is paid. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, he does he does what he does very well, you know. Uh, and he makes no bones about it. Like, he sleeps good at night. I've heard him say that, man. I sleep good at night. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, uh, you know, again, I, the whole Travis Scott thing now, I, I imagine they're going to settle because you're dealing with Live Nation and yeah. you know, Live Nation, yeah, they're they not trying to go to trial. You know, people died and, you know, it's gotten publicized. I'm sure they're already dealing with settlements. And, you know, there were a lot of lawyers that were upset about that, though. The fact that, man, look at this dude, like, out here, you know, pimping, essentially. Like, come on, man. Like, you just posted a picture of him, you know, uh, at the World Series. And now you're out here, you know, just slandering the man and trying to, you know, Besmirch his good name. And that's the thing I hate, man. Travis has done so much good stuff for the city of Houston. You know, prior to the Astroworld, I think literally, what, two weeks before he had just refurbished the basketball court over there it at was, Sunnyside? It was like a week ago, man. I was at yeah. that event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it, it, and it's just kind of yeah. like, you know, you, 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 you're taboo now. Like, I hadn't seen him at any Rockets games. Like, he's been low. I don't even know if he's been back to Houston. He might still be out in Los Angeles just kicking it out there. <laughs> You know, but, you know, again, man, that's that's the type. Now, let me say this. Tony Busby is not the only attorney that's practicing those tactics on that case. It's, there's other attorneys. We I've seen attorneys from San Antonio. I'm like, well, why are you here? You know, I've seen attorneys from Nebraska. Like, what in the hell? You know, so everybody trying to jump in on this, you know. Yeah. So it's not it's, it's not just Tony Busby, you know. But, again, Tony Busby is the person that we recognize due to his ability to be out front and, you know, want the spotlight for other cases. But, you know, now, nah, man, he's just loyal to money. And again, his loyalty pays off. No pun intended. Yeah. So do you think, a um, uh, question about Deshaun, do you think he going to actually fight all of these civil cases or is going to get to a point where he settled? Because my, um, I brought it up last week, how like, uh, I think rocket mentioned this today, how, when if he do settle? I mean, when if he do fight all these civil cases and actually win them all and don't pay a dime? Like that'd be so exhausting because you're not going to try all these. You're not going to consolidate all these cases together because they happen on different days. So essentially, what you would have is 22 different trials. Yeah, you know how exhausting one trial is. Exhausting. You know how exhausting <laughs> it would be to have 22 trials. I just think the sheer fact of fatigue 
might also cause a settlement, right? But then again, you try two or three cases and you win. Okay, well, that number goes down because now it's looking weaker and weaker, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and if all of them are alleging the same type of behavior and juries found that, you know, okay, this behavior didn't rise to the level of misconduct or didn't really cause you any damage, eh, you know, now I come to the negotiating table like, okay, you you wanted me to give each one of them a hundred thousand. How about this? I'm gonna give you thirty thousand, or we can go to trial. Mm. You can try your luck, but I just think that's so exhausting from from a defendant standpoint, man. And again, that carrot, you want to get on the field, don't you? The NFL could could say, look, man, we're not letting you play, you know, until this stuff is resolved. Because again, those four words, embarrassment to the shield. Like the, yeah. the longer this is out there, the more embarrassing it becomes. And it's just that stench is still there. Yeah. And somebody brought it up too. Like, there's no way he probably gonna play with these civil lawsuits pending like this, because now you got people on the broadcast that have to bring it up. Like, hey, Deshaun Watson, he on the field for the first time. Right now he got twenty two lawsuits pending. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's that's not a good it's look. Exhausting. <laughs> It, hell, it's exhausting just talking about it. Like, it's it's exhausting. So I could imagine trying a case after case, after case, after case, 22 times. Like, just, I, I know it's mentally taxing on everybody. It's mentally taxing on the plaintiffs. I'm sure there's some of the plaintiffs that are like, man, I just want to be done with this shit. Like, it's, it's, it, it's too much, right? Our names are out there. You know, it, it you know, this guy's gotten more money. Like some of them probably are like, yo, it's too much. I just want to be done. Right. Like it's not yeah. worth it. Anymore. You know? So I don't know, man, it's just exhausting. Like I say, I'm, I'm ready to turn the page and see what we can do and, uh, you know, wish him well. And, you know, just want to get his life together. Yeah. I mean, shit, he got it together. He got 230 million. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could, it could be worse off. He could yeah. be way worse. Yeah. Off. He could be yeah. up the league. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we don't want to keep you too long, man. Uh, but we do got to get your take on the, the, of course, the infamous slap heard around the around the world at this point. <laughs> um, um, so, so yeah, uh, I don't know how to approach this from a legal standpoint because I mean, no, no, tra- nobody was yeah. arrested, no charges going to be filed. But just what were your thoughts in general about that, man? Like, who, who, who do you think was in the wrong there? Man, it, it, it's so multi-layered. I had a very charged discussion with my, my beautiful lady about this because <laughs> I was like, you know, he was laughing at first. Yeah. He looked over at his lady. Mm-hmm. Was your lady like, hey, I want to see, I want I want my man to be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, no, she didn't go that far because she knows now. If you play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. But she looked over at Will and put that battery in his back and I feel like that's what caused him to go up there, right? I didn't know that Jada Pinkett, you know, had alopecia. I didn't know it was highly publicized because I don't keep up with her like that. The only time I really follow her was during the little red table talk where Will talked about August Alcina in this entanglement, right? Yeah. So I I immediately was like, and I didn't I didn't watch the Oscars. I don't watch the Oscars. Like hell, I don't know a quarter of the movies that they're even talking about. Like, so I don't watch it. Uh, a frat brother of mine sent it to me and I immediately woke up. I was like, man, did he really slap him? <laughs> I thought it was a joke at first, but then once he's yelling out, keep my wife's name out, you know, you're effing mouth. And then he says the second time, I said, oh no, he's serious. Like this, 
this this ain't a game. Like he, he's serious. So now I'm starting. I'm the 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 Negro in me is like, well, wait a minute. How you just gonna haul off and slap fire to Chris Rock? But August Alcina was in there after you brought him in. This is Jaden's friend. Y'all brought him in to counsel him and help him with his mental issues. You and Jada having an open marriage. This is what I had to explain. I was like, just because you have an open relationship doesn't mean there aren't rules. Mm-hmm. She violates the rules, doesn't get the authorization to entangle with August. Not well, now, now, wait, to, to be fair, August Alcina has gone on record and said that Will Smith knew about this and was cool with it. Oh, so what, was it? Was that after the Red Table Talk? No, I think it was before because I think that was when all this stuff was coming out. And then they had the Red Table Talk after August yeah. Alcina said his piece and they were kind of forced to. But August Alcina initially did say that Will Smith was aware about their they didn't even want to call it an affair on the Red Table Talk because they just said we were split up at the time. So okay. to be fair, he did know about it. It wasn't like some behind the back shit, apparently. Okay, well, the way I interpreted from Will's version on the Red Table Talk was, hey, even though we were split up, I still, I didn't know this had taken place. And, you know, that hurt me that you messed with this kid because it's almost like you took advantage of him in a bad mental state. That's kind of what I got from him. But my point is, well, wait a minute, man. Without having that knowledge that you just said, Brother Rocket, you know, if Will is okay with it, okay, maybe that changes my perception. But I'm under the, the illusion that he wasn't okay with it. But you went up there and slapped fire to Chris Rock, but did nothing to the man that was beating your wife down and then made a song about it. You know, it's like, yeah, dog, man. You know, like, hey. You know, but then I stepped back and I said, okay, there's really more going on inside the brain of Will Smith right now. Like, there's a bigger issue. There are more issues than just that joke because it was it was a joke right i get there's some jokes that are off limits but this is a i didn't like okay will first of all from a legal standpoint you assaulted that man on live tv you assaulted ain't no mm-hmm. ifs ands and buts about it that is yeah. a classic assault it's on right? video <laughs> right so the only reason why he didn't go to jail is because chris rock was like i'm not pressing charges because if chris rock pressed charges that makes him look weak you know he's got new stand-up material like mm-hmm. that you know that makes him look weak. So he's not going to press charges. And he and Will are actually friends, right? So I felt like because you had that relationship with Chris Rock and you're in that small circle of black elites in Hollywood, yo, man, you could have handled that off camera when they went to a commercial break. Just like Denzel and uh, uh, Tyler Perry went up to you and talked to you after the fact during the commercial break. Bro, you could have done that and gone and hollered at him in the back and like, hey, man, you know, that was kind of insensitive. You know Jay, what Jada is going through, bro. Like, that's that's cold. Or, you know, everybody I got everybody number. Reach out and talk to them. But to just do that and take away from what should have been a moment that we were celebrating, right? A moment that Venus and Serena were celebrating in honor of their dad, it's overshadowed. Mm-hmm. It's overshadowed. So I was mad at, I was mad at, I was mad at that. But then again, as my lady put out we've all had out-of-body experiences we've all been in situations where we've done stuff that was just completely out of character and we wish we wouldn't have done it i imagine will feels that way right because the the entire world not country the entire world saw it and if they didn't see it damn it they've seen it now because it's Mm -hmm. mean 
it's memed out, you know. Uh, I, now, I, I feel like Will was just tired of taking L's because that, that 2020, 2021 with this whole foolishness with Jada and her still professing her love for Tupac and, you know, then the issue with August, I just think it was a lot. You know, and it's almost like, man, when I watch Will on that red table talk, and this is just me, man, he looked emasculated. Like, like it's like, damn, man, like, hold, hold your shoulders up, man. Put your chest out. Like, but he just looked like like he had just been just through there, and he was just tired. And I just felt like that was just a culmination of things. And then, you know, there was some issues with the filming of King Richard. Apparently, it was released. It wasn't supposed to be released on Paramount. It was supposed to be released by somebody else. Uh, and it kind of messed with their money, and you know, it, it was a lot going on. I was reading about it, um, so I don't know, man. It's just, and again, I get one to protect your wife. All men, you know, I'm very protective of my lady. You know, I want to make sure she's well taken care of. You know, not gonna let anybody disrespect her, but I also caution men. Hey, you gotta be careful about just going up, just jumping out there now. I've seen ladies put guys in bad positions to play Superman, find out they Clark Kent, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I do feel like Jada's, you know, some, I felt like she had something to do with just motivating him to walk his behind oh, up yeah. there and yeah. slap him. Because again, and my lady tried to say, Oh, it was a nervous laugh. We've all had that nervous laugh. I was like, that ain't look like no nervous laugh to me. Look like he was laughing. Yeah. Look like classic. That shit funny. You know, mm-hmm. and he looked over at you. You were uncomfortable because there's history. You hadn't been back to the Oscars since what 2016 when she boycotted the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so there was stuff there with that. And you just felt like you gonna let you gonna let this guy talk to me like that. And I can just hear it now. Tupac wouldn't let him get away with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had yeah. gone up there and do what he did. Now he had perfect form on the slap, but he assaulted Chris Rock and. You know, Chris Rock, they were trying to pressure him to sue Will Smith because the Academy now has come out. The Academy had asked him to leave. And Will was like, nah, I ain't going nowhere. You There's know? conflicting reports about that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, 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 that's a general sentiment so far. But people, Will Packer said something a little different. So there's conflicting reports to, as to whether they actually asked him directly to go. And he said no. So. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's I can imagine back. him saying that, especially knowing that he won what male actor of the year, and this was historic because this is what the sec or third, I think, was Sid- Sidney Poitier, uh, Denzel, Denzel. And Will. Like this is historic. So, and again, I just hate that that moment that was supposed to be about just glor- a glorious moment was just overshadowed by just a bad moment by just a bad you know, reaction. But again, man, you never know what a person is going through. And that's one thing I, I try to caution myself and caution others from judging him just simply because we don't know what was going through his head and what all is taking place. Like clearly something was going on, but yeah, he slapped fire. I don't know. <laughs> and, and kudos to Chris Rock because he took it like a G. He, he And you could tell he wanted to respond <laughs> back because you're not slapping me and I ain't responding back. Friend or no friend, I'm on your ass. You're not hey, – Hey yeah. man, you're not doing that. I, you I, know? Th- I think Chris Rock really made a business decision by not doing something. Because remember, 2016, he was hosting the uh, Oscars. Right. So um, if he would have retaliated, he probably wouldn't have been back again. Ever. Yeah. 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 So no, I, he, 
So he, he still did. he still got his invitation. <laughs> and I thought he was gonna go into stand up routine because he he looked like he wanted to, but I think he was like, okay, let's just try to. Uh, yeah. I think they were giving a documentary award to uh, uh, Quest Love, so let, let's yeah. just go ahead and <laughs> get Quest yeah. Love as reward. And let's calm down, but uh, yeah, uh, he'll he'll have another Netflix special. He he will. He'll get twenty million off that. Yeah, I seen this. I don't know if it was true or not because all type of fake shit been going on since then or been being posted. But I seen his tickets for a, a show went up a lot. <laughs> like it spiked up a lot. I seen it was up to like three hundred and something dollars, and it wasn't that much be, before the Oscars. Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean. So. Everyone wants to hear like tomorrow night in Houston. Guess who's in Houston? His brother, Tony Rock. Tony and, you Rock. know, Tony gonna say something. Tony <laughs> yeah. gonna say something because he 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 gonna say something. So, like that's going to be that's going to be interesting. Uh, and I want to hear what he has to say. I, I now another thing, and I my lady and I were talking about would he have done that had that been Dave Chappelle? Would he have done that had that been Dr. Cole? Would he have done that That if it were, let's say it was Mike Tyson hosting? Do you run your ass up on stage and slap fire? <laughs> or because you felt like it's Chris Rock, you know, he ain't going to do nothing. He going to be saying he going to think about it. Because I guarantee, I shouldn't say I guarantee, but I'm pretty confident that with Dave Spell, you did that. Dave Spell forgets, you know, about coming back hosting Oscars. He don't give a damn anyway. Are we on, it's on site. <laughs> I mean, so, let, 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 let's be realistic these are comedians they're not mma fighters man like i don't think anybody would i don't think they necessarily want to get into a scrap especially live at the oscars so i know I, everybody's coming and saying oh i wouldn't take that none of us really I, know what we would do I, in that situation yeah to be honest i think if it was like dave Chappelle, i think he would have been cracking more jokes i think he would have went on, on more joking about Will Smith or Jada Pickett, I think he would have did it even more. But you know, like you said, Dave Chappelle, he don't care about that stuff. He, you know, he he's still gonna get money doing his comedy specials and all that stuff. I think Chris Rock, he look, he, I don't think he cared that much about the comedy specials. I think you know he'd rather get another chance to host the Oscars or host something else big like that. So I think Business he made decision. it. Yeah, he made he you know. I, I think with him cussing, I think that kind of shocked him a little bit. Like, oh, he just smacked the shit out of me. And <laughs> after that, you know, he tried to say, hey, it was just a joke. It was just a G.I. Jane joke. And then he went right. He said, all right, let's go to the <laughs> to the award now. <laughs> he, he, I think he wanted to move on because if it was Dave Chappelle, he would have been like, oh, like he did this. He, he would I think he would have went in, not fighting wise, but joke wise. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. And I, I think what I was saying was, would Will have gone up on stage had it been someone else that he felt like, I felt like maybe you it was calculated, like, look, this guy's probably not going to react in an unprofessional yeah, manner. Yeah. Right. But yeah. I agree with you. most of these guys, they're comics, they're professionals, you know, because you get heckled all the time at comedy mm-hmm. shows by people in the stands. So it's kind of yeah. like you got to shows gotta keep going I, so I, I get that. yeah i do think i i think it was a little deeper i think they had he had a little deeper beef with chris rock from the beginning mm-hmm. so because if it was dave Chappelle that said that i don't think will smith would have went up there i think i think jada probably would have been pissed maybe i don't know 
And, you know, I don't think he would have went up there and did that. But I think Chris Rock, I think it was already some tension right there. So I think mm-hmm. it was deeper than the G.I. Jane joke. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't think that was the joke that just set it off. <laughs> I think it. Was, I think he already had it coming. And, you know, Chris Rock went, went in on him again because I forgot he actually went in on him <laughs> at the uh, 2016 Oscars. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, I totally, I totally forgot about that. So maybe that has something to do with it, where that was just the last straw. <laughs> yeah. Well, we some was going on, but you know, I just wish it could have been whatever the issue was. I wish it could have been handled out of the view of the camera. That's that's all, you know. Because yeah. again, that should have been a, a moment that we were celebrating in a historic moment, you know. And it, instead, it was overshadowed, and really. It was a selfish moment because it took away from Venus and Serena, you know, and it went from everybody. Yeah, Qu- yeah everybody yeah. that followed that. Even it, Quest, it, the show wasn't the same after that. Quest so. Love, <laughs> that was a big yeah. deal, man. Him getting the yeah, uh, that was Oscar. awkward. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was so, crazy. Yeah, there's, there's another topic that has endless layers to it, and we could keep going all night, man. We we we'll, we'll just cut it short there, though. I think we've said our piece. So, uh, Attorney Sam. Let the people know where they can, you know, get your services or where they can reach you or talk to you. Let's say uh, anybody in need needs some attorney advice or some legal counsel. Where, where can they actually tap in with you at? Oh, yeah, man. So uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Millage Law, M-I-L-L-E-D-G-E-L-A-W. Uh, I've been more vocal on Twitter. Uh, my IG is uh, A-T-T-Y-S-L-M-2. Uh, or you can go to my Facebook page where it's just Samuel L. Millage II. Uh, our office number is 713-812-1409. You want to ask for Sam II. As I say, I'm the better looking and younger and improved version. <laughs> <laughs> 2.0, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, but uh, that's where they can go, man. And I, I'm, I'm easy to reach out to. Uh, I respond to my DMs. Uh, I get quite a few uh, any questions that you may have or if you're in need of my services. Like I say, we go all over the country. Uh, it's criminal matter of personal injury. Uh, that's what I specialize in. We deal with business litigation. Uh, my dad is over that department as well as bankruptcies and uh, probates and stuff. But find yourself in a jam, you find yourself being accused of something, come to me. You know, uh, my slogan is you won't stay free. Holler at me, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, well, is that a requirement for a black attorney to have a slogan, man? Is that all attorneys? Because I always think of, you know, the uh, I just got hit dot com and all that shit. Girl, you don't uh, believe what just happened. Yeah, look, man, it's just something that sticks with the people. And I know I have prided myself on being a, an attorney that's being from the community. And for the community and of the community. So, like, when I say you want to stay free, holler at me. A lot of folks go out. And, you know, they say that, like, hey, man, Mr. Sam, a bad boy. He said, if I want to stay free, holler at him, look at him. <laughs> you know, and so you don't necessarily need it, but I think it goes a long way because people remember that. Like, oh, man, that's the No, guy. it does. It you does. You know, that's the, you want to stay free, holler at me. Like, yeah, no, and I mean that, you know, so. No, I like it. I, I know you're truthful about it. You're not just saying it's a pet yeah. game or nothing. But yeah. I just think it's funny how almost every black attorney, I want to say since Cochran, yeah. like everybody started having a slogan that rhymed. Yeah, Cochran. So, <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I'll say this: when I'm doing my closings, you always try to have some like little catchy thing to say to make <laughs> to make jurors remember it. You know, you have some like little theme. Like I remember, I had one that was like, 
And it was risky. We had a case out in Center, Texas, Shelby County. Guy was caught on tape selling drugs. I mean, it was him. You know, he looked, <laughs> he had facial features that looked like eight ball from eight ball MJT. It was him. <laughs> but they messed up with how uh, the chain of custody on the evidence. And I attacked it. I was like, look, I'm not saying my client is innocent, but I am saying he's not guilty. And I remember my co-counsel was a young guy. He's like, know about that mr Sam. i'm like trust me and we got a not guilty verdict in 16 minutes them folks are like yeah you know wow Damn. he might he may not be innocent but yeah we couldn't let the officers go and i was saying you got to make the police show their work you got to show your work so you always want to have something like a little catchy saying or something to make people remember you and um you know that's just been something i've stuck with uh since 2011 man i think i came up with it after you know having a long night of ciroc i don't know it's just like uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know so, it's it's stuck with me man so you know that's a diddy effect man yes diddy sir make you that that diddy juice make you better at uh <laughs> litigating <laughs> diddy bobbing and everything yeah, that's how he kept all his people in them contracts man that's yeah, that's true that's true ciroc inspired. <laughs> true <laughs> Uh, man, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Good stuff as always. Make sure you follow that man at Millage Law. Sam Millage, Attorney Sam. You'll hear him on 610. You hear him all the time. Good follow on Twitter as well. Make sure you follow that man. And yeah, thanks. We got to do this again, man. It was good stuff. No doubt. Really no enjoyed doubt. it. No <laughs> doubt, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. I love seeing y'all do your thing. I know this thing is blowing up, so I'm grateful to just be a part and, uh, Hey, man, I look forward to listening to more of the podcast. Keep doing a great job, fellas. Thank y'all. Thank you. We appreciate it, man. All right, bro. Big shout out to my man, Attorney Sam, for hopping on the podcast. So last week, I had the chance to go to the two-year anniversary of Greasy Spoon. Shout out to my people over there at the Greasy Spoon. I went to the two-year anniversary event up in Pearland. I saw my man, Donnie Houston. I met some cool people out there, tried the food. The food was amazing. And I got the chance to catch up with the owner, the co-founder, the top dog, the boss of Greasy Spoon, Max Bozeman. What an awesome guy. What an awesome story. So motivational. Here's the interview I had with Max Bozeman, owner of Greasy Spoon, at the two-year anniversary, live from the location in Pearland. What up? It's Figgy Fig here for the Gems and Juice podcast. And right now, man, I'm at a special event. I'm at the Greasy Spoon two-year anniversary, man. Two years, that's a big deal, man. A lot of people don't like to celebrate the two-year anniversaries, but... (laughs) This is a big deal, man. I'm here with the owner. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for coming in today. I appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, tell me, uh, what made you start something like this, man? What made you, you know, start it? Uh, I've always liked to be a service to people and, and, and do things within the community. Um, and what better way to, um, you know, capitalize on creating an experience for families to be able to come and eat and dine together over food. Uh, you know, when you were younger, when I was younger, I can say... You know, those were some of the most priceless, you know, moments that I had as a as a youth, as a young adult, as a teenager. You know, being around the table on Sunday with my grandmother cooking and everybody just kind of talking and telling stories. And so I wanted to create that with Southern Comfort Cuisine, you know, and uh, allow the Greasy Spoon to elevate that experience just a bit so that, you know, people can enjoy soul food, uh, seafood, Cajun food and, and even more. Uh, and still be in an environment where it's comfortable uh, and it's family oriented. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's been great, you know, and, uh, and I'm able to see thousands of people a week, 
And you know, what better way is it to be able to put a smile on on somebody's face? And and yeah. so it's it's been a it's been a great joy. Yeah, it's amazing because this is my first time here. And I'm like, wow, it got like a um, soulful, you know, yeah, comfortable yeah. type of setting because a lot of restaurants out here, it's hard to get in yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. you got the hookah smoke right. and all that stuff. But this is so comfortable where I could take my grandma. Right, right, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to talk about, you know, your history, your past. Um, I heard you was battling like cancer or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So how did you overcome that? Was this like a motivation for you? Yeah, you know... You know, dealing with, uh, you know, a sickness like cancer for anybody, um, you know, is, is, is challenging, you know. Uh, but you can do one of two things. You can, you know, succumb to the fear and uh, the possible outcomes and let that dictate how you go forward. Or you can have faith and grab it, you know, by the horns and, and, and believe that you can get through it and then... Not only get through it, but be a testimony, you know, once you come out of it. And so other people who may happen to go through it are able to see a model in you of what's possible and what can be done. And so that's how I, uh, you know, approach the whole challenge of battling cancer. You know, for one, for my kids to be able to see um, how dad, you know, you know, took on this challenging experience that affected my entire family, it affected my businesses. And so, you know, when they get older, they'll be able to look back and remember when they go through their own challenges, what's possible. And, uh, and so not only my children, but even the people around the city and the country that were able to, you know, experience that with me, you know, they all are able to say, you know, man, I remember this young guy who was, you know, opened up new businesses and got diagnosed with cancer and was able to get through it and keep fighting. And so, you know, that's just, just inspiration for others. That's amazing, man. That's it's super inspirational, man. I'm proud of you. What's the, what's the goal for Greasy Spoon? What you, what you got coming up and what's the long-term goal? Man, you know, um, right now, I, you know, we just opened up this Paraland location in January. And um, I wanted to come to Paraland because it's such a a sense of community out here in this area. And uh, and so I have a couple of more areas around the city and surrounding areas where I do want to open up the Greasy Spoon and then go ahead and start opening up expanding throughout the state and the country. I want the country to be able to experience the Greasy Spoon, not because of the food, but because of the purpose behind it, because of the passion behind the people who are operating. And, uh, and I just want to make sure that if I can be a light to the city of Palin and the city of Houston and the surrounding areas, then, you know, Chicago deserves that same light. Atlanta deserves that light. You know, L.A. deserves that same light because there's certain people in other states and cities who could be inspired as well, you know. And so I want to just take a national and make the Greasy Spoon a, a, a national household name. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's the long term goal. I got to say, I'm, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, so you got to bring one to Cleveland. All right, all right, I know they're going to enjoy it a lot okay, there, man. Right. I'll pencil that in. All right, Max. Thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. Thank Everybody you. get down to the Greasy Spoon in Pearland. Go to all the locations because it's amazing food. I tried it. It's good. Hey, it's Figgy Fig, and I got to tell you guys about Pittman Chiropractic and Wellness. I've been having some serious lower back and neck issues over the past few years, and finally, I decided to get it checked out with Dr. Pittman. Pittman 
chiropractor and wellness specialized in neck and back pain, muscle and joint pain, sports injuries, auto accidents, and so much more. Don't walk around in pain like I was. Schedule your appointment with Dr. Pittman today. 346-774-2887. That's 346-774-2887. Or you can schedule online at PCAWellness.com. PCAWellness.com. And tell them Ficky Fig sent you. You've been watching any TV lately, man? Anything you've been getting into? How's the uh, gaming journey going? Uh, it's it's been going pretty good, man. I, uh, so I end up buying uh, Madden twenty two. <laughs> okay. So uh, so um, I was messing around with it. I I played with the Browns with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> oh wow! They already so got the rosters got, updated like that. Yeah. So some so you can um upload um an updated roster. Because you got people that take pride and they, you know, they update the rosters and with the free agency and all that stuff, they put players on certain teams and all that stuff. So the Browns uh, roster was updated. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, and you know people like that. So I, I was playing with the Browns. It was it was actually pretty fun, man. <laughs> I'll bet, man. Shit, it was cool. This yeah, it felt. It honestly felt like a dream for the simple fact that it, it felt like I I I just made a, a fantasy trade and just put the best quarterback <laughs> on one on, on the Browns out of all teams. So um, yeah, that was super cool, man. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah, it's funny people have brought this up too. Like this NFL offseason has been so crazy that real life trades are happening that wouldn't even be accepted in the NFL franchise mode. Yeah. Like they would say, no, you can't trade <laughs> oh, fucking Deshaun Watson or yeah. uh, Tyreek Hill yeah. from, the, from the Chiefs it's, and get this back. It's no way you could trade these guys. Like, no matter what you put in there, because they only give you like, what, three or four spots to trade. Mm-hmm. So you could trade maybe like three first round picks or 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 three draft picks and a player or something like that, or you could trade four players, whatever it is. You only trade four assets, mm-hmm. and none, no matter what it is, it's not enough <laughs> to yep. get like Tyreek Hill or Deshaun Watson. So it, it's, it's cra- been wild, man. It's crazy. This off season was a, you know, it was the one for the ages, man. It really is. It really was, man. Um, I think they're that. Like every time people think the NBA is catching up the NFL puts its foot further down and mm-hmm. says, nah, nigga, we, we run the off season and the regular season. Yeah. yeah. So. Like it's, it's so funny because usually, you know, when the NBA season start, it's during the NFL season. So you, you still in football mode. And once the Super Bowl is over, then you start peeping at the NBA a little bit more and it's closer to the playoffs and all that stuff. Man, I still been enjoying the NFL, man. I still been enjoying the all season. So it's like, damn, I ain't even that interested in the NBA that much. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it was a fun all season, man. I, it, it's gonna be a long training camp. Uh, it's gonna be long until it's uh, uh, until it's the first game. No, oh, yeah, and everything will be chronicled too. All these new players fitting in. People gonna be watching preseason game. The preseason ratings gonna be up. You know that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be an insane season. What up, Tab? I see you in the comments, man. Of course, Tab holding it down as always, man. Appreciate having you here as well. About to wrap up, man. But yeah. it was a good <laughs> podcast, man. Um, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. 
Oh yeah. How do you feel about your boy LeBron? Um, now they're they are poised to miss the playoffs, the Lakers, after you know championship aspirations. Look, he's a Cle- he's a kid from Cle- Akron. Okay, <laughs> he reminds us every chance he gets. So you got to claim him, Figgy. So uh, well, I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> I'm not from Akron, man. <laughs> Akron is totally different, man. <laughs> Look, man, it's same, they same, got a whole same. different mayor. <laughs> <laughs> Like do you do you do you say you know you from Houston? Do you say you from um, Galveston or? <laughs> I, I claim Galveston because I'm close to Galveston. Really? So yeah, I would claim Galveston now, but I wouldn't say I'm from from there. But it, I am is, close now. So. Yeah, Akron is like a good thirty minutes, forty minutes away, and they, they got, that ain't no different they, city, they man. Got Come a, on, they got now, the whole dog. down. They got the whole downtown. Man, they got a down, thirty. It's dog. a it's a downtown Akron. <laughs> That's a if whole. You, they got University of Akron. It's a whole different city. They got a whole different zip code. Ain't the same. It's the same. Oh. Doc, thirty to forty minutes. You've been in Houston for how long now? Thirty to forty minutes ain't no Look, whole hey, damn city. Hey, Akron, in Houston, Akron man. got their own the same shit. Akron got their own area code, man. <laughs> man, there's a Cleve, bunch of, doc, there's a bunch of places is, in Houston that have their own. Like Katy is still part of Houston. I would feel. Is, is it? Is yeah, it the area code for Katy? Yes. What is it? Well, no. Okay, there's no different. Okay, fair enough. There's you no got, different area yeah, codes. Houston, yeah, Houston, Houston got like three or four different area codes, to be fair. 281, yeah. 832, 713. Yeah. But Akron is 330. <laughs> that always been Akron. Cleveland is 216. Okay. It's, it's okay. Two different cities, man. And LeBron made that shit clear when he left um, Cleveland the first time. He had yeah, his shit he, at the Akron Boys and Girls Club, and he he said, <laughs> "Yeah, I love." He said, "I love my pe-, he said I love my people from Akron," and he he, he did not mention Cleveland at all. <laughs> so. When he returns with his son to the Cleveland Cavaliers at the end of his career, you know he will he will be that kid from Cleveland again. So yeah, and he got to prepare for that. He see the Cavs looking better now. So yeah, like, oh, I know, me, right? Yeah, that's a young team. So let me jump over there. So, do you think this Lakers disaster this season is LeBron's fault, or do you think it's his teammates' fault for failing him? Is look, man, I love LeBron, but it's just, it's LeBron's fault, man, because we know he's the real GM, and everywhere he go, is it's like he he gets all of these older players, and they use all the draft picks, they use all the cat space. And they, you know, when it's like the third or fourth year, the, the, every team has just been gassed out. They old, they tired, and you got to rebuild totally, man. He did that with Cleveland. He did that with Miami. Uh, he did it with Cleveland again. <laughs> and now, you know, it's the Lakers. It looked exactly like how it was the, the, his last year in Cleveland. Um, now, now, his last year in Cleveland, they made it to the finals. Barely, uh, yeah, they made it to the finals with an awful team but um yeah man i think i think i would i would put the blame on him man because look everywhere he go he don't expect to rebuild he tried to play with proven players he brought in russell westbrook he, he, you know he trading all these first round picks for you know anthony davis and all this other stuff like if he just go to a team and, you know, even if he don't make the finals, if he just go to a team and they build around him and do it the right way, 
I think they could be a good team going forward. You don't see you don't see fucking Golden State doing all that shit. They drafted players as patient, and they, they don't they ain't trading all these first round picks for people and all that other shit. And they still a good team. They've been around for a long time. So I think I think that's the pro- I think that's the problem. LeBron, wherever he go, man, they give up all them draft picks to get old players and all that shit. And it only work out, you know, for about three years. And then at that point, you got the oldest team in the NBA, <laughs> which I think he currently do. I think right now, I think I, I want to say the Lakers might have set the record for the oldest team ever. And they, I think they beat that <laughs> that old that other old Lakers team that had Carl Malone and uh, Gary Payton on there. So, um, yeah, man, if LeBron if LeBron was the goat, let's say he end up on the he signed with the Cavs again. Like, don't sit here and try to trade <laughs> certain players so you could get Chris Paul and all this other bullshit, man. Just play with the young players. Try to preserve your career, and you'll get there, man. Look, Figgy, all I got to say is keep talking about my squad, our personnel ages, the way he play, he stays injured, we're past our time in this league, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do me one favor, please. And I mean, please, prayer emoji. Keep that same narrative energy when it begins. That's all I ask. (laughs) Hashtag thank you. When When what begins? Uh, that was LeBron's oh, tweet oh, oh, really? oh, from okay. the beginning of the season that he deleted. <laughs> <laughs> I so, forgot he tweeted that shit. Dog, I've never forgotten. It's one of the funniest tweets in retrospect. Because <laughs> everything people said was right. Yeah. <laughs> and he was acting like he was above it all. So, yeah. yeah you time for that, you, you could tell he don't give a shit now. He's just out there trying to have fun and and, At this um, point, yeah, it's uh, you know, stack of stats. He's like, you know what, you know, my motivation is winning this uh, scoring title. <laughs> At this point, uh, yeah, you don't even get back which on I, defense. Which no I don't more, even, man. I don't He's even like, blame whatever. him, man. Like, fuck it, you you got championships. Try to win the scoring title. <laughs> so uh, try to beat Kareem's um, fucking record. So mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Yep, all you can do. Well, the NBA marching on regardless. So, um, also shout out, I guess, to the University of Houston Cougars. I mean, they that was an awful, awful game. Yeah. But hey, you know, they got to lead, lead eight again. You know, so shout out to Kelvin Sampson. Shout out to their whole squad, man. It was a terrible way to go out, but hey, it happens. Yeah. One of twenty shooting from three. It was very, very. I was getting flashbacks, man. I was like PTSD <laughs> yeah. from the Rockets versus the Warriors. Oh, oh at thir- one of oh, twenty-seven. One of twenty-seven. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, some shit like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was a bad. He's waiting for his son to get into the NBA. Yeah, I think so too. At this yeah. point, I think he's done everything he wanted to do. He's going to get the scoring title or the all-time scoring record, and then he's going to be the first player to ever play with his son. And then he'll call it a career. So, yeah. Do yeah. you think? Do you think that was smart? What he did? How uh, he said, "Wherever my son go, I'm going." Yeah. Yeah. Because now his son probably gonna go in the first round. I don't even think that was the case at first. No, so, no. So that like, was son might be a first round pick. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm sure he's gonna be a decent help 
and even like the effect of LeBron, your ticket sales are going to come up. Like mm-hmm. somebody's going to definitely take him first round. And so, yeah, it was and, smart. I mean, you want to get your son in the NBA. Yeah. He was already on the edge. So, yeah. And right now, man, I think LeBron like 37, 38. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker is averaging like 30 points. <laughs> I know we always say yeah. now LeBron, you know, he ain't the same. And, you know, some people saying he washed. But this dude averaging 30 points right now, man. <laughs> so, like, who wouldn't want that? This, yeah. this ain't, you know, this ain't Michael Jordan on the Wizards. <laughs> Bad. So it's, nah, I agree. Nah, he's doing his thing offensively. Defensively, he's giving up. Yeah, you know, I've seen some awful video where he don't even jog back. He just stays on the same side of the court. I'm like, yeah. at least act like you're trying to get back, dog. But yeah, he been I mean, there, yeah, done nah, that, he's man. Going <laughs> Offensively, yeah, he's still doing his thing, man. Yeah. He's still in a contention 20. for like a fucking uh, scoring leader this season. So yeah. we'll see. Well, Twenty years in the league, man. That's yeah. Crazy. Year not year nineteen. Don't forget, man. He keeps reminding us. Oh yeah. Sheesh. <laughs> Year 19, still doing it. Just a kid from Akron. Yeah. Hashtag King. <laughs> Whatever yeah. the fuck you be adding. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you want to bring up, man? Anything else we missed? Um, nah, I think that's it, man. Um, make sure y'all check out uh Pitman Chiropractic and Wellness. Um, they some friends of the show now. <laughs> so yeah. um, yeah, check them out. I'll be going to them twice a week. Um, if you got some back pain, neck pain, and all that stuff, or you know, been an auto accident, anything, and it, it gets you together. Shout out to Dr. Pittman. Yeah, tell him Jim's and Juice sent you. He'll crack your toes for free. I'm just playing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he does. But yeah, let him know we sent you, man. Let him know Figgy Fig sent the word out. Mm-hmm. So appreciate y'all. Appreciate Attorney Sam. You'll hear that on the podcast. A great discussion with Attorney Sam about legal things involving Deshaun Watson and all things Houston. Make sure you check it out. Um, it's going to be on YouTube and all that shit too. So you know where to go for that. Um, shout out to the chat, man. Shout out to everybody stopping by, showing us some love. Shout out to my boy, David. Shout out to Tab. Shout out to uh, other boy, we, man we had in here. It was Jay. Jay to mm-hmm. what? I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's Jay something. Yeah. And yeah, appreciate the love, man. Like we said, make sure y'all check us out Friday nights um youtube twitch twitter kick it with us ask some questions get some comments and we'll shout you out for sure and it's, it's been a fun it's been a fun time talking to people man i like this we should have done yeah. this sooner i know but man. i like this yeah. i like this interactive element it brings a lot to the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah so yeah appreciate y'all love y'all and until next time peace